5: Welcome to Heard at Sports Radio. Now Clark to Davis. They just play catch at the 35-foot mark. Now Clark fires a three right wing and got that to go. And now passes Lynette Woodard of Kansas, who had the scoring lead when it was the AIAW.
6: As Clark, 33 points. Shift change coming at the next time out for the Blue Dolls. Meanwhile, flip to the right. Proctor, three. Count it. Time to get the substitutions in. And just like that, the lead back to 24, 77 to 53. Now to 34 seconds left. Shannon with a drive, layup, good.
1: Shannon.
6: And that may be the cherry on top of the Sunday. 103.94. 30 seconds left. Estrada back to Cosby. He'll
4: let it fly again. And why
6: not
4: <laughs> do it, David Cosby? Light him up, Yuggin.
6: And Alabama, 101
5: points here on the road for the ninth time. That's an SEC record. And the Jays win. Jays win, Jays win. 85-64, a dominating effort tonight as they sweep the Seaton
0: Hall Pirates. Final in Omaha, Blue Jays 85, Pirates 64.
4: Good morning. Welcome into At Sports Radio AM five ninety ESPN Omaha ESPN Tri Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. That's DB. I'm Ravi Lula. Hello. Coming to you on a Thursday.
3: Trap game. I'm like, hey, what's up? Hello. That did not sound like Johnny Bishop.
4: But I'm not gonna he lie. He sounded like maybe he's a little congested.
3: Yeah. F- full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> apologize to. Anybody from the broadcast team that's just now boarding their flight, listening yeah. to 590 like everybody should be? Always. I had to get away from old Donnie Marshall for a bit. No, I uh, I just I, I don't like being a guy. You know? There's a lot going on early where I felt like it was a lot of fake energy and it was some unnecessary things being said, like water's wet. And I was like, you know what? Let's see what old Jay has got <laughs> hopped up. See?
5: And the Jays win.
3: So you just say, Alexa? please play 1620 the zone and boop there's jay Bizzle, and yeah. i have to i pause for a second mm-hmm. and then i think we're okay for a while And then you got to do it again i mean it takes a little effort yeah but it, it's to line it up yeah yeah with the audio but um so i came back in the second half to regular television because i think normal people don't want to hear that background noise around the house all the time mm, sure I don't know what the heck their problem is. Normal people, <laughs> <Yeah>. normies, <laughs> you know. it was kind of a sleepy crowd. But I get it. It was, you know, I I was not not a very not a not a very aesthetically pleasing game.
4: Well, it was an eight o'clock start on a Wednesday, which is always a challenge, right? The late starts on weekdays, and then, you know, I'm I'm standing there before the game watching warm-ups with our guy Matty D, and.
3: So does he like chuckle in your ears? Like, God, I kill you on your own show every week <laughs> He does and he's I'm like I was like I do know why I, I, I flame you every week I was like, I don't know why I'm still friends with you guys, <laughs> him and JP we were actually to- Well, j- JP is an equal opportunity flamer. He oh. doesn't pick sides. He'll he does. just he'll torch everybody. Oh yeah. Yeah, everybody's fair game. He j-
4: and he does it so nonchalantly that you just kind of get taken off guard, but you're like, "Wait, what happened? Yeah. yeah. I thought we were friends. Stealthy. I thought we were cool." Stealthy. Uh, but no, it Hello, was you know, be- honestly, before about 10 minutes before tip-off, and I don't even know how they got in there, but the place was Empty ten minutes before tip-off. Mm. Like I thought, I was like, "Are we getting a crowd of like seven today?" It was stunning. And then by the time Maddie and I got upstairs to to the hockey press area, it was it was pretty much full. So I was impressed that they they got it filled in. But yeah, it was a little. I mean, compared to last week, obviously it was, or, or even compared to like a normal weekend game, it was a little sleepy at first. But uh, they went on a little run. I think the back-to-back trout. And Ashworth threes got him going a little bit, but I mean, I don't think anybody was more asleep last night than
3: Seton Hall, so that helps. Yeah, uh, uh, Unless not. I'm pro. Eight. I'm not pro Big East. I'm, I'm all kinda. I like the Big East. I love. I, I like. I like Creighton. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing, right? But for the Big East honks that are beating their chest over this conference, man, I don't know. That was Stop. a
4: horrifying performance by Seton.
3: Then I'm not gonna just take that one, but. Yeah. But yes, it was like, bad. It was it's not. It's not, like it's. It's just okay. Like it's a well-coached conference, mm-hmm. but I mean, Providence, Seton Hall, I Xavier. Mean, it's fine, but I'm not. Like maybe the metrics will do them better justice than the eyeball test. Probably because the top of the league's good, so sometimes that'll kind of yeah. lift up a little bit of the league. One hundred percent. But
4: yeah, you watch Seton Hall. You look Providence. You look at Xavier. You look at Butler, and you go, even St. John's, depending on the night,
3: right, they're super inconsistent. Yeah, but I have to be careful, though, right? Because it's like, if you watch Minnesota and Illinois, did that look like the same Minnesota team that got their Bundes kicked at PBA the other day? It does not. Like, what was that? I don't know how you go. They were hitting pull-up
4: threes. I don't know how you go, well, is it 105-97 in regulation?
3: I just. Like, how does that even happen? So it had to get the other game viewing when it got to be like 3837. I think Minnesota had just maybe hit a 3 to something like that. It hit a 3 to take the lead. I'm like, man, this thing's going to have to get my attention. Mhm. Right. And uh, so it was like, here we go. Like <laughs> cuz I already knew I was going to be elbows deep in the clip joint, the Roach clips and the Lakers. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. No, because oh. like, I felt mean, like you're in the same boat because we could be playing one another. In that play-in. In that play-in game mm-hmm. with the Lakers and Golden State. But the Lakers got to get their little boondang gear.
4: Yeah, they got to figure it out, which they did in the fourth quarter. No, LeBron did. Well, Le, yeah, fair. Fair. Le, l- yeah. LeBron yeah, he had a it's, couple Rui baskets in there. He a, you know. no, I think
3: he had like 19. He did. He had 19 in the fourth. The Clippers only had 16. So here's the thing. He drives me up the wall because I found myself being captivated mm-hmm. by someone I, I have a, f- a really a strong, strong disdain for. Disdain for yeah. But he's helping the team that I love, mm-hmm. like, really do the darn thing. Because if we're being honest, of stages of falling in love, Steelers were clearly number one. Okay. The Lakers were two. Fair Nebraska and Carolina were about the same time. Okay. Slight nod to Nebraska.
4: So you're tu- you're talking about like in in ti- timing of yes
3: it. right okay yes my my fandom yeah that makes sense so like I'm I'm just I'm just in there and the the, the Dodgers because you got to remember eighty eighty one mm-hmm. just now. Like stuff is just now starting to get going, mm-hmm. and that's what I was captivated by. So they're kind of lumped together. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but the the clear nod goes to Steelers, Steelers, and and the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching this, and I'm like,
4: so are you pre Magic on the Lakers?
3: No, I'm. You're right. A, a, right arrival of Magic. Okay. Okay. Arrival of Magic. I have the Sports Illustrated with Magic. I don't. My dad did. My My mom asked me about a month ago where we think that stack went. I don't know.
4: Of like old Sports Illustrated? Yeah. The Magic
3: Bird split cover. Oh, that's pretty cool. So it's funny. Tom Chattel one time asked me uh, again about a month ago. Maybe it was whenever Sports Illustrated said they're they're closing their doors. He's like, hey, what are your top covers? I was like, funny you asked. Like this was literally like 10 seconds of text time. I was like, hey, I got five. And I screenshot them all to him. <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, so it's 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 at Magic's arrival. And okay. remember, Magic is
4: your all time fave. Mm-hmm. That's how I mean. That's how I was with Curry and the Warriors. I would not be a Warriors fan without Steph Curry. Like he just doesn't. I don't. I was going to be a fan of whatever team Steph Curry went to.
3: I just the, just the picture and his smile and the open collar, like yeah, like I I just was like. Oh, that's cool. I, I don't see a lot of people that look like me enjoying themselves. And he looked to be mm. enjoying himself on a, on, a, on a national cover. Yeah. So I just kind of was drawn to it. Sure. But I, I, I was wrestling last night because I'm like, man. Don't love LeBron. But he's 39. It's unbelievable. I mean, it really is. L- like him or not, it's unbelievable. He's 39. I don't. He's older than I am. He's older than me. And he's just giving every. And this is fresh on the heels of me eye rolling that he told the media to get off his son. I'm almost like, you. I don't know. Like, I, I want to say in my head, you can't have it both ways. You, this, this dude, I remember clearly, mm-hmm. clearly when Caleb's summer team played Gulf Coast and mm-hmm. Wichita. And this dude is like seventeen years older than than Caleb's team, but he's he's playing up. Mm-hmm. And we had a college World Series show that I was doing, and I'm watching it online. The very next year they played him again, and it's like you, you've been, we've been growing this forever. Like at some point you have to be desensitized to the to the criticism. Mm-hmm. Or even the questioning. Like, nobody can even question Ronnie. Like, can y'all please just leave my son alone and let him enjoy basketball? Do you know how many times I wanted to say that about my family? And it's not even on that level. Yeah. But you have to take what comes with it. Because at the end of the day, it's what I told him for three years. This will serve you well. This is a very fickle place. There will be times a game will finish being played and you will be a meme. Mm. Right? Like, you have to be able – to handle to it. handle that is it different? So I I'm like God this this is what I'm sad damn. And then five days later it's like go Lakers. Is it different because of? Dude the, the place was packed when they play when when oh, T, I know. when T and he played Gulf Coast. Is it, and they're kids? Is I it, mean literal kids. Is it
4: different now because? I mean LeBron's average LeBron he's averaging like six points a game like he's not doing like it's,
3: it's not that he's not.
4: Right, is it different because people are talking about him as an okay? What's he gonna do in the NBA? When maybe LeBron's looking at him, and he's like, he's not
3: that guy yet. Well, it was. Just, Does so that
4: make it different at all for
3: you? No, because this is what bugs me. Okay, I just don't think you should do a guy a solid because of his kid. Yeah. Okay. And he's clearly not an NBA prospect right now.
4: No, not right now. Maybe he won't ever be. Maybe he will be. I don't know. But right now, but no. to have
3: the discussions a couple of years ago that LeBronie. That Bron would wait on his kid, and who's gonna draft him? And like these are real conversations people were having last week. Yeah, and I'm like, so you you guys are wasting your time on a talking head show for 50 minutes saying what team at age 41, 40 or 41 would sign LeBron, LeBron and, and draft his son? Like, mm-hmm. do you think his? So the first thing I thought of was, do you think his kid would want that draft mm-hmm. me just because of my, di-? like that? That's what I. Because the the, the counter argument is why I was so weird with one of my own kids. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I wanted the disassociation, mm-hmm. not the association. Yeah. Because he didn't want the association, so I'm like, why are you guys having this conversation? But then you, the guy's getting mad that you're having the conversation. He said it.
4: Yeah. He's the one that started the conversation. He
3: said he started the conversation. Yeah, hey, I'd like
4: to play with my son someday. That that's
3: the reason this conversation. And, that, and that's cool, but I mean, Frank Gore said it too, and that was actually at least realistic. So I, you know, because <sighs> what did Frank? We we counted the other day on a humbug. Was it sixteen years for Gore? Eighteen?
4: Uh, sixteen.
3: Sixteen years. Sixteen for Gore. years. Sixteen thousand yards on the dot, for in sixteen years. Yep, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable career. Um, you know, I, I but I do. Th- I found myself thinking like, especially on the heels of the. The Dumbo Jackson talk and and Lance's ridiculous call yesterday that longevity does matter
4: oh it does because
3: it's the it, it gets into the Emmett Smith conversation too so um, you know so, Emmett Smith's longevity might be the most impressive thing about him is that fair no no I don't think he Emmett's better than I give him credit for fair.
4: He, it's, not like, but,
3: it's not like he was a hanger-on. I mean, Emmett was Emmett No, but was longevity
4: talented. at that position isn't nothing.
3: Yeah. Right?
4: So I don't say that
3: as a derision to Emmett Smith. As I'm getting ready, you know, combine talk, which I'm pretty. I'm jazzed about. We get, yeah. we get drills today. I'm excited. Man. I'm, I, I'm pumped. I, so I had to make sure the library was set. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Like, no, you got to record it. Because I didn't know if I, if I hit future things like it because I have NCAA wrestling on there, too. Yeah, yeah. But I also have Nebraska, so mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you got to make sure you, you is it, are they are they going to overlap? Is it anything that's college, re- you know? Mm-hmm. So so I had to make sure that the the, got the, to. the combine was in the in the library. But I'm like, I think that's got to be part of it when, when you're talking about because I'm looking at these running backs that are up mm-hmm. unrestricted free agents. And I'm like, haven't we proven that you do need to run the football to have some success? You do. Uh, that's, that's why I asked that
4: question of Jason Cole. I mean, go, Cole. Holler at, go holler at Buffalo. That's why I asked the question of Jason Cole earlier this week of ha- if the position became undervalued, right? Because, and I don't know that it has, but the, the, the ability. The way that GMs approach filling that position has changed dramatically, right? Yeah,
3: but do you know what part of it is? And I don't think he wanted to get into it. I don't know if he even enjoys it. But, like, analytics has definitely crept into the, oh, the NFL too. Because and, they and, look, and it happens at the, on the spending side for yes. GMs with monies committed and because they say, hey, rate if, of return.
4: If I can pay this guy 20% of what I pay Saquon Barkley, but I can get 70% of his production, yep, yep. then I'm better off. W- exactly. Right? Um, I wanted to go back to the LeBron thing for a minute and the association with his kid because on a much smaller scale, like I've experienced that a little bit. Like my, my mom, when she was – before she retired, was in a very similar field to what I ended up doing. Mm-hmm. And so I know for a fact that I got opportunities because people knew and liked my mom, Right. And for a while, that did bother me. I'm like, would I have, would I have ever gotten that job if, I, if they didn't know my mom? If I,
3: yeah, that's so, why I was such a knucklehead. It bothered me my whole life until I learned to appreciate
4: well, my and, dad. So that's the thing is, at a certain point, I worked at that place for almost six years. My boss, I just saw him out in public from that job. I haven't been there for five, over five years at this point. I saw him out in public, I don't know, a, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Shout out DT if you're listening. I know he does sometimes. Like and we still like he was thrilled to see me like at a certain point like yes i got the interview because of my mom Mm -hmm. but i did the job and i did it well for a long time and i made people around there like me because of me right so i don't know if i'm brawny do i care why the opportunity comes because you're only gonna stick if you stick well that's a um legit you know what i mean probably not does it matter why you get the shot Probably not. But I get it because I've thought the exact same thing before where I was
3: like, oh, man, that kind of. So for me, as I'm so you're asking me is as, I mean, I'll be 50 in them. Yeah, whenever. Um, but real time, then I think it would have.
4: Right, no, and I get that, because at the moment, when, he, when, when DT told me, he goes... It wouldn't
3: now, because I yeah. understand how the world works. Right. Like, you still got to be good at what you do.
4: Absolutely, right? Because I remember in the moment, I'm 25 or 26 or something at the time, so I was young. And I remember in the moment where, and he kind of just said it offhandedly, he's like, yeah, I mean, your, interview, or your, your resume was okay, but we were kind of like, well, it's Rose Lewis kid, how bad can he be? So we gave you the interview. And then I started to do the interview. He's like, "We would not." I, and I, I actually brought it up to him later, I, like, um, like several months later. I was yeah, like, "I don't see." Well, how old were you? Like twenty five, twenty six. I was. Younger. So
3: you were probably you probably would have been better than me in that. I just know my personality. I probably would have been a little bit more defiant.
4: Because I, I, I literally asked him about it. I go, you know, I was, I was like, did, I was like, you really only interviewed me because uh, of my mom? Yeah, and he's yeah, like, I, he's like, yeah, but you still had to nail the interview. Yeah,
3: the the only, re- not the only. One of the main reasons I delayed getting into education because I spent from from two th- from oh ninety nine ish to two thousand to like oh four, like there was gap getting in getting back to the school district when I wasn't trying to play sports. Mm-hmm. And that was because I didn't want to go to. You didn't want to have the legacy. You, I didn't, didn't want to go to OPS. Yeah, no, uh, I ended. I mean, Dan and I like so a couple got Barty and and Dan and I came to get me Mm -hmm. hey man got a got an opening here you know this program could do this really start to grow and i was like but you know by then my my dad had been gone for probably i don't know five six years maybe i think he left in 99
4: you mean gone from the district yeah yeah
3: and thank you for clarifying and um because it did sound weird yeah um so I fought it. So I know. And in 99, I was, what's 99 minus 74? 25. 25. Yeah, I was twenty Yeah, I know you were ahead of me emotionally. Like, because. C- it's also a different legacy. I mean, to be fair. I was just sick of, like. It's I just, a different thing. I just, I just remember, like, really nasty conversations in school Like elementary and junior high and only a few in high school, Mm -hmm. but I fought it my whole life. Yeah. And I'm like, and I know like if I had it to go back and and do again, I obviously would have been like, yeah, but just stop holding it over my head. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, it's not the first thing I want to, so I, I went the other way Mm -hmm. with, with knucklehead. Yeah. And I was super hands off and then it almost cost me. Yeah. I say cost me, like him not going to Nebraska would have. <laughs> but but do you know what it I mean? It makes your it's life like, harder, though. It would have. Because I had so many unanswered questions. Like, what if I would have done this? What if I would have poured here? What if I would have mm-hmm. valued this? Like, what if he wouldn't have found my trophy in the closet? Like, there's lots of things yeah. that I was going through when he was enamored with everybody else, mm-hmm. right? Because I felt like what really ramped it up and made me mad was I finally felt like This is a guy that's at the university that I want you to be around. Mm. So then it heightened my, my my, it heightened my anxiety. Yeah, I was like, he needs to be around Coach Rule. Like Coach Rule would be good for him. Mm -hmm. But it's not like I could, I could say that, but I couldn't say that. Yeah, you didn't want to push too hard. So it it like
4: because at the at the end of the day, and I, I feel like I can say this, pretty confidently, and tell me if I'm out of line. At the end of the day, if it was less about him going to Nebraska and more about him being around somebody that you respected and thought would be better for his life. 1,000%. Like if Nebraska had hired somebody else or somebody else. And I didn't s- feel the same. Still well, been the coach. Yeah. Because I, I, mean, I know for a fact you didn't feel that way before. Right. Fair? That's fair. Okay.
3: I like, don't have any problems admitting that.
4: Like if somebody else had been hired, if somebody else had been retained, whatever – we're having a different conversation, and maybe Caleb still ends up at Nebraska, but you don't say.
3: Yeah, it's, it's not for the reason that it, it started. It started with Coach Rule. Yes, right. W- like it's not even close. And then mm-hmm. it just so happened to be that he is at my alma mater. Yes. So then I ha- Then I was like really all in.
4: But I'm I'm really confident. If you had been an Iowa
3: alum and Coach Rule still ends up at
4: Nebraska, you'd be like, he should be around that guy. Yep rather than, and, and listen, not that Kirk Ferentz is a bad guy, but rather than be like, hey, I want you to go to my alma mater, it'd be, hey, I want you to be around Matt Rule. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's the truth, well, right? This, and not, people may not believe us. But, no. Because – I mean, when I – you could – like, this kind of – Because people didn't believe the whole time that he – there was any chance that he wouldn't go to Nebraska, right?
3: That's not – yeah.
4: And that's not true.
3: It's not even remotely little
4: true. little touch and go <laughs> for a while there. But <laughs> um, – Question real quick. I don't know if you have time to answer it, but people, uh, a couple of people asked, where did your disdain for LeBron start? Like, what, what happened
3: there? Um, like, full disclosure, probably the theatrics. So I didn't like his game. Okay. I felt like he was kind of a bully. Okay. Just aesthetically, and, you didn't like how it looked? Yeah, so uh, he's kind of a bully. He's bigger, stronger than most guys. Yeah. But he was always whining. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you can't, again, I You I'd can't say, be the bully. I said, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, you can't be a bully and still look to the principal. Yeah, and be so, like, hey. like, I just, I, I couldn't, I hated the style. Mm. Okay. And then the, the being carried off the court and the not one, not two, the South Beach thing, like, it just escalated.
4: Honestly, the, the decision thing <sighs> sat super wrong with me. And I, I get that it's dumb. I don't
3: care. So, you know what? Though? I don't care that he left. I, I, I didn't like the theatrics of it. I didn't like the not one, not... Ch- um, it was just... See, that didn't bother me. It didn't bother me either. But the thing that bothered me was you don't... You say in one vein you don't really want the attention, but you quietly want to control that narrative yeah. of the attention. He wants the attention on his terms. Th- That's Yeah, that's the things that bothered mm. me. That's a a fair question.
4: Um, Coming up next, we will set up the show at some point. We just never go with
3: our first segment.
4: I know, that was a good first segment, though. I like that. (laughs) What happened to Creighton Seton Hall? Hey, Creighton Seton Hall played last night, too. Creighton won. Uh, We'll get to all that more here on her.
0: You're listening to Herdat at Sports Radio.
4: That's Damon Benning. I'm Ravi Lula here on Oh my bad. That's DB. I'm Ravi Lula here on Herdat at Sports Radio live on AM 590.
3: Should I enjoy my name more?
4: Yeah, you really should. It's a it's a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how do you really feel it's, like? Do I have a hang-up? It's strange. You probably need to like talk to somebody about that. Oh, I have. It's uh, we're live on AM 590 ESPN Ola. ESPN Tri Cities, and and uh, live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube as well.
3: I'm I'm actually logged in now.
4: Hey, look at that! DB is joining. Well, the if,
3: if your boy would produce, we wouldn't have this problem. Are we producing? Are you guys going? Shane, it would, it, it'd be okay to say, hey, you know, DB, you're not logged in. Is Shelby going to be on Monday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will talk a little bracket swag
4: Well, and if, if with I... Shelby
3: masked on Monday. Who will be, guess where, Shane? In you know, Omaha
4: this weekend. Yeah, he'll be in Omaha heard, this weekend. I heard he'll be in Omaha. <laughs>
3: yeah, you're a weirdo. This is a very inside baseball conversation we're having here. Which, by, uh, the, which by the way, did you see my guy yesterday? Who? Yo, Yamai, Yamai, Yamamoto.
4: Yama, <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, coming up on the show today, we've got Brian Edwards at 845.
3: That was not going into dialect. Asian Wyatt, do not call me at 888-638-4876. <laughs> on the Warhorse Sportsbook hotline. Yeah, but the, the, the Dodgers staff, if they could ever stay healthy, I'm pretty excited about. And, and I won't have to, like, openly root for Shohei every time he takes the mound because he won't be pitching this year. Yeah, he is. He's not going to be pitching. I give him. my guy Walker Bueller back and hopefully May. Bueller? I'm a huge, huge Walker Bueller fan. So you talk about blind spots and irrational. Love him. Yes. Mm, Why? For no good reason at all, except for I love his mechanics. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I get that. That's it. But apparently they're not good mechanics because he's always
7: hurt. Well,
3: they might be good mechanics, but if they're attached to a – Big Walker Bueller guy. Yeah. I Uh, was watching Puck Shove the other day from – um, he's he's pitching for the Marlins in spring training because I like spring training. Mm-hmm. I like spring training a lot. Yeah. I, I I watch it quite a bit. And um, there are some there are some electric arms. Oh yeah, like baseball the last eight nine years, how guys just get out of the rack and shove ninety eight. Yeah,
4: it's like the amount of the. the the amount that pitching has jumped in the sport, in in like you said, probably last ten, maybe fifteen years,
3: is horrifying. I
4: don't yeah. know how anybody hits anything. Yeah,
3: and, and and you know what's you know what's crazy about that? Going back to the conversation first hour with, like Le, 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 Lebron Lebrizzle, Thug Dizzle Lebrizzle, LeBron James, LeBron James. And so nineteen years mm-hmm. and watching so. Why I went down this memory lane thing Mm -hmm. yesterday? Because on TikTok, I I saved it. I should have sent it to you. Mm -hmm. But I didn't love the fact he was kind of being general sometimes and very specific at others with statistics. And he used to always come up, Shane, on our – remember when Severe did, like, the this day in sports history forever? Mm -hmm. One out of every two days. Nolan Ryan? Can I finish without – You saying it so I could have Robbie guess? Oh, sorry. I was going to say, one out of every two days, this guy on this day in sports history would pop up among a list of ten athletes. Yeah. And it was always Nolan Ryan. Yeah, he was a freak. Didn't matter if – sometimes it would be like November, right? Like why would Nolan Ryan come up on a November this day in sports history? <laughs> Nolan Ryan went on a barnstorming <laughs> tour and struck out 40 but it would. But, like, he would come – he yeah. did it for tw- – and I watched this guy. He's – I don't follow him. It just comes on because I was looking up – a lot of times you can get clips of, like, some spring training stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was going back looking for some stuff from Yomamoto, yesterday. But he was talking about these – these Nolan Ryan statistics mm-hmm. of the over 5,000 strikeouts and what pitchers would have to do now. and Now, some of it was a little Paul Bunyan, John Henry-esque, sure. where he was like, gosh, you know, he tore his UCL. And
4: oh, I think I saw that one. He threw 98 the next pitch. Yes, you saw that guy? Yeah, I saw uh, that video.
3: Is that not – why are we seeing the same things? Because uh, you just told me about Roseanne yesterday, too. Yeah, I I don't know. We must have similar interests. That, like, that's weird. but. Yeah. Did you, so did you recall some of those stats he was saying?
4: Yeah, They were sick. So the one was like, if you take out every 10 strikeout game from his career, he still has 3,000 career strikeouts? Yes. Like,
3: that's stupid. He go, yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah. a 10, stri- a 10 strikeout game now is, is kind of a big deal. Yeah, he had like 200 of them in his career. Right. And if you took away all of them, still has 3,000 strikeouts. I'm just like, that is it, stupid. It, it's incredible. He threw like a 235 pitch complete game. The 13 anyway, Yeah, like the dumbest stuff. He threw 170 pitches mm-hmm. and then threw three days later a six-hit shutout. Or a six-inning shutout. Yep. Six-inning shutout on full rest is now a miracle. I was like, what are we talking? So it made me <laughs> – that's funny. So, so it made me think of that yesterday while I was <laughs> I was making meatballs yesterday. It was so stupid. Well, Nolan Ryan was <laughs> – so I'm like, I got my gloves, and I'm like tossing, <laughs> tossing balls in my hand back and forth in the kitchen. I'm like, yeah, I better be appreciated. I you that much. And I was like, <laughs> I'm a child. But I was like, golly, Nolan Ryan may be the greatest human ever. He might be like the, the the biggest like physical outlier. I I'm telling you though, yeah, LeBron is getting close. He's getting up there. I don't understand it. I don't, I, I don't get it. I mean, you're talking, you talking, darn it, 20 years. And in basketball. And, and he's still dominant. Yes. Now, he can't
4: leave it revved high for as long anymore, uh, right? Why you? But still. Uh, that's what you're going to hang your hat on? No, I'm not hanging my hat on. I'm like that's, he's, he's almost 40. That's the <laughs> only thing you can even say. Because when he was, you know, 25 or whatever, he could turn it up to 10, leave it there. For a few weeks. Dude, his wear and right? tear, though. Like, he play, he's played a lot of games. So many games. He really has not missed that much basketball. His, yeah. I know people give him a hard time now with, like, the load management and whatever, and it's like, oh, he's only going to play 55, 60
3: games or whatever. He's been doing this for 21 years. Yeah, so I was lament. So yesterday was a day of just thinking about longevity. Mm-hmm. On the heel, you know, obviously – Michigan lance had my dander up. Um, yeah, the Bo Jackson last week. Like I was like, okay, let me let's talk like longevity. It matters, kind of. I think it can only enhance. That's where I landed. Ooh, I don't think so. Man, because I don't here's know. the problem.
4: I don't know. I think at a certain point it can only enhance, but I think you have to get to kind of a bare. Yeah, mind. all things being equal. Right. It's kind of like how I look at championships. But I kind of have to get to a bare minimum with longevity before I can even put you in a conversation.
3: Okay, let me give you an example. Okay. Okay. Earl Campbell, Curtis Martin. Okay. You're starting your franchise tomorrow. I'm looking them up. Just what so Well, I could just tell you one's like sixty-six hundred, the other's like fifteen thousand. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no,
3: Earl's got more than you think. Nine? 94. Okay. I, I, I uh, I'm. I'm I'm thinking probably peak years when yeah. I just recall numbers in my head. Now remember, I'm doing this from off the top. You're not you're taking Earl, at least I think if you have a brain. No no disrespect, but but Martin's longevity, as we heard from Jason Cole the other day, like Martin has one of the strange like one of the strangest years. Listen to what I'm telling you, though. No, I know, I know, I know. I'm just <laughs> so for the sake of the discussion, mm-hmm. all things being equal. Yeah, you could get to Martin being like, "Well, I'll get him longer." He
4: had a better. Cr- he had a better.
3: Derrick Henry versus Earl Campbell. All things being equal, I'm gonna get Derrick Henry longer. And that one's probably closer because of running styles. Would I take peak Earl or peak Henry? I'm still taking peak. Earl. Fair. But Derek could do it longer. So it's all things being equal for me. That's a, where I mean that. That's a, a little bit different conversation. Though. No. The, well, you can't tell me what I meant. No, you I know. Mean, but I mean from what we were having. That's a little having, bit different interpretation.
4: Yes. In, okay. in in terms of the conversation we were having before with like the Bo Jackson and the LeBron James. Because if you're taking somebody's peak, that's different than taking their current.
3: No, no, I understand. Right. Yeah. That's so all so it's, kind of, it's kind of the same thing then. Because what I'm saying is like if I look at if if I look at um like that court- the the um the list that was just on the athletic mm-hmm. like I'm looking at the quarterbacks on and shout out to Mitch sherman he'll be on tomorrow mm-hmm. and not today he had a conflict a lot of those quarterbacks had short stents in college, yeah yeah but it was but it was like peak vo- no, there's a couple, like Tebow and Baker Mayfield. College is hard, too, because, I mean, you're dealing with a, 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 a truncated timeline anyway. Yeah, I like the word truncated. Thank you. It's very nice. SAT. That's three good words this week. You know, I try. What was the P one you dropped on Monday? I don't remember. It's an adjective. It it, it means something to the positive. Yeah, got a lot of syllables. Yeah. I'll think about it over the break. Uh,
4: Lance, hold on here. I don't. Oh, here we go. We only had like a minute. I didn't want to have you yell at me for cutting what you time off is it? on the last day of Black History Month here. So, um, oh, Lance, just hang on for a second. I'll give you a full segment. You can have as much as you want. We'll come back and uh, wrap up the first hour here on Out Sports Radio, AM five ninety, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities.
0: You're listening to Hurt At Sports Radio.
4: We're wrapping up hour number one here on Hurt At Sports Radio, AM five ninety, ESPN <laughs> Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities. <laughs> We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Damon is still breathing, as we can tell. Um, coming I, up, I had to go outside. If you did. I thought I thought you might fall out for a second there. Who's who? who you, Matsu. Who who says? Uh, that? It didn't even come out the way I meant it to. No, you're just kind of like that by nature. Well, what I was trying to say <laughs> was I'm not going to cut you short the way they cut short Black History Month because it's a February. Um, but, you know, you got the idea still. Um, oh. Before we
3: get to Michigan, land, <laughs> Shane little, is so uncomfortable. It's fine. Shane, you going to be all right? You seem very yeah, happy. Have a good day. Love you. Um, that, is, that will be one of the greatest drops of all time, though, right there. Absolutely. Shane, play that again. Go to your happy price, Priceline. See
1: you. Have a good day.
4: Love <laughs> Before we get to Michigan lands on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline, uh, we've got Brian Edwards coming up at 845, our Vegas insider. Michael Brunts at 9 o'clock, Husker 24-7. And then we're going to talk to Stephen Means of Cleveland.com. He covers Means Ohio business. State. Um, he does football, too. So I might, you know, maybe, Shane, send him a little text. and See if we can ask some football questions. Hey, we'd too.
2: like to talk about Chip Kelly at Riot Day. Can they get along? <laughs>
3: I think they're going to be best friends. Going to be great. Use that voice. Well, I most love. most of his tweets are about football, so I'm sure you can. Oh, wait wait way to find a basketball guy. But he is a basketball, well, I mean, you know, maybe maybe if they were a little bit
7: better, I don't know.
4: It does say, say basketball in his bio, so I'm going to ask him about and, whatever I want, and, and we, if he doesn't like it, then I guess we won't have him back.
3: And maybe, when what, what do you had, think people think if they've listened to the, since we've been back together? <laughs> that it's the best radio show of all time? I don't I know. Mean, what is going on, though?
4: I'm just saying, if I'm listening, this is exactly what I want out of a radio show. <laughs> All by a sorry. It is. <laughs>
3: so let's get over that. No, I, I, I. Kim's probably still celebrating.
4: I'm doing the show <laughs> that Miller I want
3: to listen to. Mason Miller hit a three at a ball that was he received at his ankles. <laughs> That's
4: right. We got <laughs> Isaac, wasn't even a pocket we pass. Had
3: Isaac Trout just going getting
4: some shots up last night. So quietly I cheer for her.
3: I like for, Isaac for, Trout.
4: For IT. Yeah, he's a. I like he's you know, listen. Type one diabetic gang. All right, let's do this.
3: Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's he's type one. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe he can hook me up with some Ozempic. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I sent you the link. Yeah, I was doing too much. I'm just saying. That's how you get it. Unless you want to go like, black market. Like, that's how you get it. I am black. <laughs> it's black history most people forget. <laughs> um, on the War, War Sportsbook Hotline. <laughs> Let's get to Michigan land before we get kicked off, the air. I mean, what, yeah, I mean, they're not gonna kick you off till tomorrow. They're not. They're not kicking a black man off the radio on February 29th. They're not doing it. Wow. <laughs> they're not doing it. I can. I feel very confident about that. Get him out of here. Exactly. Say, get him out of here. Now, me, I might be gone before the end of the show, but DB will be on at least through the end of the day.
3: Lance,
1: what's going on, man? Oh, lord. Good morning, boys. <laughs> hey, Shane, thanks
3: for those drops. I'm back, baby. <laughs> Somebody called you a top five caller of all time. I got I to gotta talk to Heath. Yeah, Man, I do I too. Know. He used to play basketball
4: for me. Him, me and Heath need to have a little conversation. Well, mm. first of all, I'm, I'm one of
1: one. I'm top one. <laughs> See, look what you did, Heath. When people, because when people follow you, and and feel they feel okay to express themselves, not and not be politically correct. Yeah, I, I can pat myself on the back and say I started that. And so, here, so yesterday we had a. So Damon said I'm big on active listening, <laughs> and look that up if you don't know what that means. Oh, here we and go. And so when I go back and listen and think back on what DB said, that I said something different in a barbershop than I did on the radio. And let me ask you this. Are are barbershop conversations the same as a on air public world conversation? No. Okay. So so you were having so yesterday you were having more of a coach speak conversation. And I was having a semi politically correct barbershop conversation now now wait a minute what's coach speak? about 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 Patton about Patton you thought that was coach speak we, yes because you, when you're talking about well he played with these guys and they did this system and his development he, he grew this far in six inches and or whatever it was and how many years and, that's not coach you know speak I mean? that's, like, that's that's, he's that's developing but
3: do you know my personality is, the, is that not is that not what is not, is that not how is that not how I would build my case? One hundred percent of the time.
1: Yes, but but listen to what I'm saying though. Okay. Like, All right. But we use because you said barbershop conversation. Now you can build your case that way. That that's you. But that does but that doesn't diminish my conversation. because because how I am, I can go either way, right? I can build do it the way you do it all the time, right? Yeah. I can adapt. I can, you know I can do it the way you do it. You've heard me do that. Mm-hmm. But then there's also another side of, you know what, a, a fan perspective and what you grew up knowing. And so what we grew up knowing, right, like my, my first actions of, of knowing about stars and superheroes of athletics, Calvin Jones was first. Um, then it became even, even Ray Monday. Um, oh, good call. Damon Benny, Calvin Jones. Uh, I'm not – yeah, Calvin – Damon – oh. Um, who mentions Monday? Who mentions Monday? Oh, yeah. See, see. Oh, yeah. see. You know, see, see, this is how you know I know what I'm talking about. So when people tell me about these players and how good they are and I go watch and see and I'm like, oh, Damon just ran back a punt 93 yards and I'm 11 years old, hey, man. Or, or somebody says hey Alvin Fita Mitchell hey man he can shoot and i go watch him drain eight threes or Andy Woolridge is this and that and he goes 55 like this is what i saw when people told me who good players were okay. and they performed every time i watched okay and so so and that that hasn't stopped from Will Perkins to Galen Morrison to uh Deverell Biggs. Hey, who was the other short guy that Benny uh, that Valentine. To, uh, Ooh, BJ Valentine. Billy yeah, Benny Valentine. Yep. Like like I'm, su- I'm surprised you stopped. didn't
3: take the opportunity to slide in a Lee Cook reference, but okay. You were must
4: you be. a Carl White guy? I like these are all his guys. These are all his guys. Hey
1: Lee Lee Cook I thought White was the best part of on that team. Lee Cook was Patton I agree. Lee Cook was not good for three years of high school basketball. And, and had a good year his senior year. Mm. That, so, and that's my guy. So, when I, so, I, so I, don't, I don't sit here and say, well, I know this guy or I'm close to this guy, so I'm not going to critique him the same. I don't do even with my own son. I, my son said to me, Dad, thank you for keeping me in football. You know, I was trash last year. And, DB, you saw my son. You analyzed what you saw in the video, you, my son, that I showed you last spring. He's come
3: a long way. But but you saw you talk about his long limbs. I did I did I mean? did I I think I put that in writing too. Yeah, you're right you're right. You know you did right. Yeah, his flexibility.
1: Oh man, once he gets it together, it's the same thing you talk about, Patton. Right. And so so at least I'm consistent. Was, so at least I'm consistent though. Right. It not, no, I'm not saying you aren't. But understand that I'm consistent too. So I had to really think because when my son tells me he was trash, I'm like no man, you were. I start going your route, DB. Hey man, you were still growing. You're still learning. You moved to a new place, but now when I think back on it, and we had this conversation, I was like, "Dang, my son was right." Because I looked at the plays that he didn't make, that he had the opportunity yeah, to. Yeah, but do. I, but I got to but, but I got
3: But I got to tell you this though, because I, you're saying two different things. I don't mind that. I don't mind the educational mm-hmm. uh, critiquing of of a player's ability. That's fine. But what you don't get mm-hmm. to do is. Use bad analogies and have the delivery you did because that set me off. Right. When well, you when you okay, split, so what, what no no hang on, analogy, on hang on me, go ahead. So when you start with the Lawrence thing, and it's not even personal, it's just facts. You literally tried to make the case. And I didn't want to go here. I'm like, ah, I don't want to bury go my ahead. guy. But I can. No, no, we You literally tried to make the case. You use LP, A G and, and uh Rogier. and Money Mike. The, yep. And the, Calvin and Jones. And Calvin Jones. The the number of games that the four aforementioned played from minimum to maximum is eight. Eight. Mike Rozier okay. played 35 games. LP played in 27. The maximum number of carries between the four aforementioned is 200, 200 carries. So my sample size is very comparable. It is right there in front of me, only eight games different. So for you to make Mm -hmm. the analogy of, of LP to Mike to Amen to to CJ is <laughs> hey, lo- man. Uh-huh. I call him Aman. Oh, well, uh, uh, I know. Go ahead. <laughs> it was funny. It was I, funny. I, I, is laughable because you'd have to Oops. if you want. No, hang on. So if you want to use Go a ahead, Bo, so if you want to use a Bo Jackson comp, you have to find a yep. back that's only played in thirty games or forty-eight games. The variance is eight either way. And if you want to have the GOAT conversation, then those are the guys that you need to be talking about because you missed the point. The point isn't, is Bo not a great player? The point was, and I'm not speaking for Ravi, but if I was Ravi, I'd have killed the conversation last week. I just would have said, period, point blank, because this is what I said to you when I hung up the phone, I can't put Bo in the greatest of all time discussion because he hasn't played long enough. Ravi took it someplace else, okay? That's on him. But it's ludicrous. It's almost laughable to put the college analogy on Bo Jackson because let's just take a guy that, hasn't, that wasn't even in the discussion. So Earl Campbell mm-hmm. had a very short career. He still played in three times as many games as Bo Jackson. So I'm not having the conversation of GOAT when you don't have the enough sample size. So if you're gonna give me okay. a sample size argument, make it analogous. It's not even in the same hemisphere.
1: Now, I never said GOAT here. GOAT never came out my mouth, ever. Since we have we talked about Bo Jackson when we first met. I never said he was I a I asked you specifically, said, are you sure you want Bobby to
3: include said, me in this
4: conversation? No, you said we were talking about Alzheimers. That's where the that's where Bo originally came and up. And he slid it's, in Bo. You were asking about all-timers. Yeah. I'm sorry, Lance. I tried not to cut you off here, but we were at like maybe the whole segment. That's all I could do. We've got uh, we've got more coming up next year on Herd Sports Radio.
0: Welcome to Herd at Sports Radio.
4: Kicking off hour number 2 here on Herd at Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube as well. Reminder, driving is a full-time job. Phones, food and friends need your attention. When you're not on the road, stop the distractions, just drive. This message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Uh, would we like to
3: get back on track here? Yeah, I have a quick question. Yeah. Hey, Shane. What's you, up? You know how sometimes like, I'll ask you something and you'll be in the car and you'll wait to you get to a stoplight or something or you'll text and you'll say, hey, I'm in the car or whatever? Like because you don't want to text and drive? Yeah, yeah. What did you do when you had CDs? What do you mean, like? Like, did you just change them? Did you sort through the catalog? Did you have an eight-disc CD changer? Oh, like if I'm like, when, when did I, you wait to stop at a stop sign before you change your CDs? When I when I listen to CDs and I still listen to CDs all the way. Up you don't until have a like, CD in your car. Up do you? until I got this new vehicle, so up until oh, wow.
4: like up until like last year or whatever. Yeah. I would just listen to the whole CD. I'm, I'm a CD.
3: I'm, I'm an album guy. Oh, he's an album guy. Okay. I like his delivery. I'm an album <laughs> guy. So, like, you didn't, like, put the CD thing on your lap and kind of sort through it and put it in and still drive No. It? No. Okay. Did you? Did you? You're on the fringe of the CD era, right? Oh, no. I had CDs. I had, I had CDs for a long time.
4: Um. So, but my first car actually didn't even have a CD. It was cassette. Uh, so that was, I had a 1991 Pontiac Bonneville. And oh, you had the Bonnie? Oh, I love that thing. Oh, the grandma car. Uh, no, it's, listen, it was. Shout out Bonneville. It was a little nicer than that. <laughs> um, no, but it was a kind of a little car, and not like a V6. Like, it could get up and go. Um,
3: I had a Buddy Tango. Uh, well. That's probably not radio appropriate. It was I, I had a couple friends, like the, like Bonnevilles were a thing at, at one point yeah, when no, I was I, in high school.
4: I liked them. I, I liked the Bonneville. Uh, it was it wasn't bad. But um, so that had just had a tape deck. That didn't even have a CD player. And then my next car was a
3: '94 Oldsmobile 88. Yeah, so, I, so I guess my so that had the CD. I guess my point is is while I I, I think we're like worse with our attention span. Mm. Okay. We're significantly worse with our
4: Yeah, because at the time, you weren't like switching CDs in and out all the time. You were kind of just like riding with it. You might skip songs.
3: Yeah, but yeah. even if you were changing CDs, like you could do it without being as poor drivers as we are now when we're distracted. Mm. Fair. Yeah. Right? That's fair. I mean, well, you could, you, not, like, even, even hands free with like Bluetooth were, were, yeah. <laughs> were kind of sketch. And how, how did we do the CD thing? Back Well, in the day, so what could, I did, I had the, I had the visor. You just pull that thing down. Yeah,
4: so I would just, well, so I would just, I usually wait till I was on a stoplight.
3: I just grab one. Are you just saying that because we're on air, or did you really wait till a stoplight?
4: If I had to look for which one I wanted, I would wait till a stoplight. If I knew where it was, I would just grab it. Yeah, because you know, just meh, meh, good to go. Gotcha. This is a video program too, so you can kind of see what we're doing. But yeah, no, if I had to, if I have to look for something, I'll wait till a stoplight. Because I'm kind of a paranoid person. It's
3: like every light. time, and which is why I'm glad you're doing the read. Every time you like turn on the news. There's some sort of pile-up or collision.
4: Oh, man. There's a bad one. Um, Highway 6 and 80? Oh, no. I was talking downtown last night when I was driving to the Creighton game. There was one on Douglas going east towards downtown. Oh, I know. Uh, probably that's, about like 20th.
3: That's the, that's the barbershop hanging out.
4: Yeah, it was. I mean, And you can was, only do the one-way, heading east, right? Yeah, there was, I think, uh, I think there was only one lane of traffic open because there was a— I mean, there was a crash, and then the, the, the fire truck was blocking off to make sure nobody hit the crash. And mm. there was only one lane of traffic open about six thirty, going downtown. But um, no, it was. I I do think you make a point, though. I, I mean, it's the cell phones, right? Like this, that's what it is. Is I just think we're I think we're impatient. Yeah. But I think you could trace that back to the cell phones because there's everything we want always right in our hand. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's probably where it comes back to. You, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of album guys anymore as as our guy Shane would say. Yeah, I, Everything is right at your fingertips even if you want information, whatever the information is it's just right there. You know, and, and when I say information, whether it be the news or if you want to find some kind of fact, hey, who was in that movie, you can just find it within 10 seconds. I'm just over here, unless, unless
3: our guy's dropping a Ray Monday reference, I'm over here Googling and not finding anything. Dude, Ray Monday was unbelievable. So, speaking of which, and I think this is right, you can maybe double check mm-hmm. this for me. So, last night, Seton Hall had four guys take 48 of the 60 shots. That Does that sound right? Sounds right, but let me double check for you here. Because and I just I just and the only reason because when I looked at it last night that's in the, correct forty eight out of
4: sixty between Davis Richmond uh, Adewusu, and
3: Dawes Adewusu looks like he should I should be handing him the ball in inside zone you
4: know who he looks like
3: this just came to me I don't I don't think I'm doing anything bad here
4: he kind I'm of like what do you care you did they not hear you the first hour <laughs> I thought I was being reasonable um, I was trying to help out. Right. Trying to do my part. Great. Lost it. Got, day, got yeah. an extra day of leap year. Yeah, that's right. You know, I'm trying oh, that's, to.
3: That's right. It's my buddy's significant other's uh, birthday.
4: He kind of reminds me of,
3: you remember James Tony, The boxer? Yes. Are you kidding me? No. So you don't know this about me. Are you a big James Tony guy? 100%. So
4: it was like he's got like the real kind of square head. Oh. And like no neck.
3: And he's built kind of like, like. Ade Wusu was kind of built like James Tony. So all these fake Floridians, T. Phrase, Tyrone Williams. <laughs> these guys tried to kick me out of my own apartment. If it wasn't for Dumas, it probably would have been a fight. Yeah, over like D- James Tony, Roy Jones talk. James Tony, it, again, we talked blind spots a couple weeks ago. I have an irrational blind spot for James for Tony. James Tony. Yes. Yes, uh, underrated. James, James lights out the best left hooker, maybe in boxing history. James Tony is like, that's funny you say that. He, ca- he kind of looks like him. Uh, Awusu. wusu? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. But so I'm watching this last night. All right,
4: I'm not, I'm not just like doing a thing, right? Like that's wusu. Dash James Tony. Yeah. Like Ro- James Ro- Toney. Ro- Robbie Lula here for all black people look alike. That's what I was trying not to do. <laughs> It's okay. If James Tony had a beard, he would look like, he'd look like Adewusu. But,
3: but, so I'm going back to, and so they're built to, the same. To they Matt DeMarinas. Yeah. Mike DeCoursey, uh Jacob. Well, Jacob really didn't get into the conference talk no, last no, time. Not so much. But, but he hung his hat on the Miami talk that we had from three weeks ago when he blasted me on social media. I'll take – you could have Miami. I was like, listen, man, I wasn't making the case for Miami per se. I'm just telling you, like, the middle of these conferences, mm-hmm. you got to go to the coaches you trust, and I trust Laranega. That's what I – that was really where I tried to land the plane. Okay, that's fair. So you're watching these games last night. So you trust Laranega more than, like, Shaka Smart. Is that – that
4: was your – because um, we we're talking about yes, black cat. is that yes, what we were, yes? Yeah, I'm not dropping yes, words in your mouth. I'm, yes, yeah.
3: I trust Larinaga over Smart. That's who you trust more every day that ends okay, in Fair, and he doesn't get the shock of Smart love. Now, no love for shock Smart here. Yeah, I. you're kind of irrational with Absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. Like, it doesn't bother me that he should get one technical a game. Like, that bothers you guys?
4: I don't think – no, I think he should get more technicals than he does. The dude is out there literally on the court okay. defending players. Like, he's <laughs> defending the opposing team. He's in a stance. So,
3: like, that's what bothers me. That guy's a clown. If you just watch – and I know we watch a ton. Yeah. Even random games because we'll – what did I ask you about the other day? Was it was it FAU? Who were they playing? Yeah, Memphis? Were, <laughs> no, it was uh, – they were playing – it wasn't Memphis, was it? No, it, South Florida was playing somebody, and I go, well, apparently you don't want to play South Florida on Sundays because yes. this is the second – oh, it's SMU. We were yes, talking about SMU. South Florida, SMU. Okay, so, like, if you watch a ton of basketball, like, which one of these conferences on a given night do you feel comfortable about? Because it's popular to hate on Michigan State, right? It's – People, you know, people that want to knock the Big Ten, uh, they'll go to Big – I don't know who Michigan State – like, who are any of these teams? I don't know. How, that's, so that's kind of where who, I – who, who, who are any of these middle-of-the-pack teams? That's totally fair because
4: I went to I, – I don't know. I tweeted this out like probably a month ago at this point. I was like – is well, we weren't
3: working together, so you get a pass.
4: <laughs> I go, is UConn, the o- like, is UConn the only good team? Is that the only team that you can look at on any given night and be like, yep, I know what they are? And it was before the Creighton game, but I think it was after it was after Purdue lost to Ohio State, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, So maybe it wasn't a month ago, a couple weeks ago. And I just sit there and I go, I I don't know what most of these teams are. Forget the middle of the pack teams. I don't know what most of the people at the top are on any given night. Like, I don't Marquette some nights doesn't look good. There are some nights, and they're, they've been a top five team most of the year. There are some nights Marquette looks bad.
3: Who did they just hammer last night? Providence was it? Providence, Providence yeah, yeah, they
4: beat the snot out of Providence. But I don't know who Providence is. That doesn't help me at all. You know, I don't know who Seton Hall is. I don't know who. I mean, we talked about the. But I don't know who Auburn is. Auburn's 11th in the country.
3: I don't know who Auburn is. How about South Carolina?
4: South Carolina is a great example. Have any idea? Do you have any level of confidence in South Carolina?
3: But can I go back to this team, and it's not going to be Houston because that's kind of the. Team what about I've Tennessee? Been, you feel good about Tennessee? I've been thing? trying to tell you about Tennessee, but you, I can't get you guys. No, I, I can't get you guys to trust me on Tennessee. I can't get to trust Rick Barnes. That's 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 where I. But you didn't say that a couple of weeks ago. So I didn't. I, but I do understand that. Like, if you got to me about Underwood, yeah, and. And Rick Barnes, like, that's fine. That's where. But I'm telling you, Tennessee. They've been really good. Dalton Connect is one of those dudes. Did you watch his act last night?
4: He's so good. What, 25 points last 12 minutes? Is that what it was? Yeah.
3: 39 for the night. And Stupid I, good. And <laughs> I, I'll give you the opportunity again. Mm-hmm. Zach Eady, <laughs> Big Ten Conference or the rest of the country for player of the year? Listen, we did this last time. I
4: think. The guy that will win it and the guy that should win it are different
3: people. I don't know. I and I and I gave you the analogy. You have more confidence I said, in the voters. Than I, I said, "What if such and such or such and such just goes on a heater? Like if Tennessee's a one, you don't think Connect should be Player of the Year? I think he should be anyway. He's been because I not just how good he's been, but
4: I also like the story going from JUCO to Northern Colorado to Tennessee. I mean." Two years ago. At Northern there are some stretches. He's unbelievable. There were, it was just two years ago. I believe it was 21-22. This dude scored nine points a game at Northern Colorado. That's it. This same guy, I believe that number's right. This same guy is out there dominating a very good SEC this year. Mm-hmm. And I agree he should be National Player of the Year.
3: He's a better candidate I than just didn't Edie. think that at that time, like, Edie should be the only minus money guy.
4: That's fair. I don't know about the
3: betting odds. I, I have less faith
4: in the voters because I've seen it too many times where a narrative gets Did, in their head.
3: Right. Says the guy that was, was, was pumping the whole didn't have a road win in the Big Ten conference. And I said, because hey, I didn't, no, do you understand? No, we don't have to speak this into existence. This is, I'm literally doing the exact same thing here. I didn't
4: trust the committee to not fall for the narrative. It wasn't that I believed the narrative.
3: I couldn't even get you to say it was about Nebraska's bad losses and not a road win, though. Because I could not get you to say that out loud. Because that's not what I believe the committee would have been looking at.
4: And, I'm not talking about what I personally believed about Nebraska's resume. I was talking about what I personally believed about how stupid the committee can be. So last so, And I so, believe the same thing about how
3: stupid voters can be. So tonight, right? Yes. Which was where I was going with this. So Nebraska, tonight, all the, Ohio State. So all of a sudden, this is a pretty tricky game, right? Quad. The quad discussion is going to come into play.
4: Technically, it would be a quad one. I mean, it's a quad one game. It could, yeah. it could be a
3: quad one one. Yeah. Right. I don't look at Ohio State and be like, ah, quad one. But that's what the metrics dictate. So this the, again, Ohio State. Same guys on the floor that we we didn't give a one, ton of respect to a couple of weeks ago before the firing, mm-hmm. right? So in our basketball collective minds, when we're analyzing data and we're assessing teams and how good they are, you feel good or we should feel good or the committee should feel good looking at Ohio State differently now in this two-week span to validate another team's progress or merit and, and, and lay your head down at night? No, I don't. I mean, just say, like, I'm just trying to get people to think, like, the group think thing, and, well, that's the way it's always done. Like, the agent of change is people. So if you want people to think intelligently or to change their vantage point, you have to have the discussions for the start. And that's
4: fair, but we're having two different discussions right now because you're having the discussion of what should be. No, 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 no,
3: no. No, don't put no. Okay. I'm having the, I'm having the discussion of what's possible if you'll take some initiative. Fair. Just leave it at that. Okay, that don't fair. overcomplicate it.
4: The conversation I'm having is, I don't trust the committee or the
3: voters or okay. whoever. You keep, keep saying you keep saying no this. to see past X, Y, or Z. That's why? Why? Why though? Because, because they're allowed to be comfortable with saying and spewing nonsense. That's what that's what you're saying, like. But well, it's always been like this. Well, that's just how they think. Well, I what like what can I do? Like what kind? There's too much history
4: for me to say. Hey, I believe they're going to change. So you're just talking to be talking. No, I'm talking because I think that's what's happening. Like I'm talking because I think this is this is the the situation. Because I think if you're a Nebraska fan and things have changed, obviously
3: in the last week, bro. At what point should we have believed that we I could drink out of a different water fountain? <laughs> <do> we, no, <laughs> no, no. Like I've been that way for a long time. Like at at what point should I just stop trying? Because we're
4: talking. No, we're not talking about a moral issue here with Nebraska's resume.
3: Oh my lord! <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's not a moral deal. It's a moral example, but the. The point is your thought process. Okay. We're so quick to want to label. Like, just sp- talk generally mm-hmm. about specific things to move the needle. We get so enamored okay. with, like, well, it was like this. and the sp- Like, don't let people shift things shift ideology on you to let themselves off the hook so you don't want me to look but at- because they do and you think inherently that's what people will do then we just shouldn't say anything at all i'm not saying we shouldn't have that conversation what i'm saying what i was saying is is we can
4: have that conversation and you can be right that doesn't give me a lot of confidence that the committee
3: or the voters i can't, I can't help that then though like that's fine like we're just we're just different in that regard i can't- like- help it necessarily either but i'm either irrationally naive or i'm ultra competitive or just dumb it's one of those three things and then anybody listening probably immediately i think one it's of a things. combination of the first two if we're being honest i think it's a combination you, of the first two so you think i'm being naive i think to to, to to not have people look at things in a vacuum yes okay and that's and that's, th- that's discouraging <laughs> well i think that you want to believe better of people
4: I, so if you want to call that naivety or not, I don't, I don't know. That's the word you used.
3: I'm not necessarily comfortable using that word. That's fine. But, I, see, I don't, because, again, you don't have to apologize for that. Just because you say it to me doesn't mean I have to own it.
4: So, no, but my, I think you think better of people in these situations than I do. And so it goes back to the conversation we had about Frost on Monday. You believed better of him in that situation than I did. You believed he was capable I, of something in that yeah, situation that I did not.
3: 100%. We're
4: having the same conversation about the committee. We're having the same conversation about Player of the Year voters. You believe they're capable of something that I am, that I don't. That's the conversation we're having. That's all. Because I agree. I think Dalton Connect has been better this year than Zach Eby. I think he's been more for his team. I think he's a better story. Whatever box you want to check for Dalton –
3: I think he's, he's a better player of the year candidate. And I, and I will say this. Like, his, like, like, Edie's metrics on the floor, off the floor. Like, his impact is enormous. Is, this is it's not, not, it's not debatable. This is not Zach Edie slander. Right. This is
4: pro Dalton Connect. That's the difference here. Right. Like, this is not Zach Edie slander. I want to make that very clear. And it wasn't, for me at least, it wasn't Nebraska slander. To talk about their resume
3: it was well you weren't alone i sat next to a guy for two years that was like i mean he the the other light-skinned guy would basically look at me and say mm-hmm. well you can keep believing that if you want to what if he's not capable <laughs> and i and yeah. and, and it, i would be in, it would infuriate me I internally hope- internally because a lot of it is just my own like History like I've gone through stretches of just being a grade a turd sure like okay but I'm I'm not a turd by nature (laughs) so it's like anything's possible if you if you if it's important enough to you
4: but you have to have the not being a turd in you in order to not be a turd (laughs) you assume and this is where this is where I, I you know use the term naive I go a little over optimistic about people which is one of the things I like about you, by the way, is you believe that most people have not a turd in them somewhere, and I'm not sure I believe that. <laughs> I believe a lot of people are just 100
3: <laughs> inherently turd,
4: 100 percent turd hey, all the hey, way put through. Put
3: that crap on me. Hey, it's no, not no like, pun intended, Timmy.
4: It's not like
3: it's it's not like it's turd covering like a. I, I don't shell. know if it's so much. I mean, I kind of get. The, I you get okay, what I'm saying? I get how you landed the plane, right? I just—it's funny because I just had this conversation with the mayor. He's like, "We're still talking about Bo," and I was like, "I'm not mad at you. Like, if you think if you land the plane there because Bo did come up, but there were so many things before that that led up to yeah to the Bo thing. But anyway, like, okay, fine. That's all I said. If, if, but what I'm telling you is—is is there was there's really no reason to to parent or or to get out of bed, and go do your job or or whatever, like let's say it's a, a relationship, if you concede the fact, because it is, it always will be. No, and I agree. Like I, I, just, there's just, I just can't function like
4: and I that. think, And I think where we're getting a little bit different here is I trust an individual more not to be a turd, but when we get into group think s- s- uh, situations like a committee or voters or things like that, that's where I don't totally trust people not to be turds. Like that's where I get a little more. That's where I get a little, a little more hesitant. I start to I start to put up the defenses a little bit more because on an individual basis, I feel like I can talk to you and kind of like we just did there. You're like Robbie. What are you talking about? You know, if if ever if it's what it has been is always what it's going to be. Like I'm still drinking out of a different drinking fountain. Like, and then we can land on a spot where you understand what I'm saying, even if you don't agree, right? And on a one to one, I believe in that a lot more than a group think situation where you got a bunch of people in a room trying to decide you, if Nebraska But you do understand, though, or, you have
3: to start with the individual.
4: I understand that. But I can't go person to person and be like, hey, have you heard about Dalton Connect? Pretty good. <laughs> I can't go person to person and be like.
3: You're, you're narrowing the scope about this singular individual. Generally speaking, if you want to change people's minds about any particular policy, okay. it, it starts with individual growth. Doesn't matter if it's Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's. It doesn't matter what it is, right? If 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 Trev, God, we just had this conversation too, not me and you, but like if 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 Trev wanted to change, um, or had an idea to change NLI infrastructure in house versus out of house, mm-hmm. or or going to subcommittees or whatever. Like it has to start with an, an individual thinking, gosh, you know what, there's a different way to do this. And then that said person or a couple of people talk to this said person and a couple mm-hmm. of people and then they talk to, and then all of a sudden you sit down at a table and you're like, hey, this could, this could be a, a, a good idea. What do you guys think? So maybe- so, so like, what's
4: wrong with that philosophy? So maybe the issue here is I don't give us enough credit or myself enough credit in terms of potential influence. Maybe that's the issue here.
3: It, which is weird because we live in a day and age where people have zero credibility at all, never done a thing in their life and all of a sudden can make all this money on TikTok or Instagram as an influencer. Right. Re- really? You don't think the you don't think the moment is ripe? Uh, there are more sheep now than ever if you want to be a lion. I think I forget
4: sometimes that we that people are listening and we're not just having a conversation at a sports bar. Oh,
3: man. I think I'll be. I mean, if I'm being honest, like sport, it just doesn't have to be that way. Well, that's fair. Second guy doesn't always have to get caught, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, have I not used that before? Yeah, you have. Okay.
4: All right. Coming up next, we will uh, continue on. Maybe we'll get to what we thought we were going to talk about at some point. There's some weird stuff happening with college football playoffs. I don't understand. But I got it. And we'll see what happens. Coming up next on Herd at Sports Radio.
0: You're listening to Herd at Sports Radio.
4: We're halfway. We're halfway through the show here on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. That's DB. I'm Robbie Lula. We are brought to you by our friends over at the Omaha Supernovas. They play tonight in Atlanta. You can go check out uh, supernovas.com to follow along, live stats. You can listen along, or they've got a link to watch on YouTube as well. But they come back to Omaha on Thursday, March 14th. It's just a couple weeks from now, and you can go get tickets at supernovas.com. They'll be playing those very same Atlanta vibe here in Omaha, CHI Health Center at 7 p.m. on March 14th. Make sure you get to supernovas.com. Check out their schedule. Check out their shop as well. Of course, you can buy your tickets there as well. That's supernovas.com. Dot com. That is an old school reference. Yeah. It is.
3: Um, Shout out Renee Saunders, who's <laughs> Um, doing uh, some color commentary. Yeah? For Supernos- yeah, I'm a big fan, so. Yeah, there you go. I-, I think she's amazing, and I think Scott's won 227 straight state titles. In- I
4: think that's Remember? correct, yeah. It might just be 11,
3: but it's close.
4: <laughs> At a certain point, once you
3: get double digits, <laughs> it, like, what's the difference? Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, one of the cool things about her is she likes – she pays attention to the rest of the state, too, and the metro mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And she's always – she's like – his Goat status, yeah, yeah. Kaz did it. He he did a good job. Uh, Scott's the the brainchild in their athletic department. He he is. Uh, I was gonna lament for a minute, but <laughs> shout out to Kaz. <laughs> 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 he lets Versal walk in that building, so I, I don't know. I got to question his judgment a little, bit. DB loves a good administrator, dude. It I don't. Do you know how critical it is? Yeah.
4: No, like, have you – No, I, I mean, so I don't know at the high school level, just to be just honest. Just in – But, like, I, I see it all the time from – I mean, obviously, we've seen it at the University of Nebraska. Yeah. Um, We've seen – and I don't even know – You've seen it
3: at Iowa. You've seen it at Creighton.
4: Well, so I was going to bring up Creighton, right? So I, I don't even know necessarily because this narrative gets out there. There's the word narrative again. But <laughs> this narrative gets out there that, you know uh, there's you know, there's – Uh, trouble at the top at Creighton or there's you know there's tension between president and AD and coach and like maybe there is maybe there isn't I don't know right but there was at the very least it's a less uh cohesive relationship than it used to be with Mac and Raz and the the previous uh uh, president of the university right so even if it's not all doom and gloom the way people kind of want to paint it out you know I made this argument last week right maybe Marcus Blossom's biggest sin is just not being Bruce Rasmussen, like. I, and I don't know. There might be other issues. I really don't know. I'm not trying to be coy or anything here. But it isn't it possible?
3: The big pond fish. You know the ones that look like goldfish? Koi. Yeah, koi. Koi. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I don't
4: know what you're. That's spelled different. C o c o y, not k o i. It's nah. a little different there. Um, <laughs> But you know what I mean, like. And are, are you being coy? No, um, but you know what I mean, like. There's even just having going from a really good rela- uh, re- relationship and administration to just not the same people mm-hmm. can have, as we've seen. I, I would not de- devastating effect, but it has an effect.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that. So that's it. That's always uh, a, an interesting argument. I was watching yesterday on on a deal about this kind of the breakdown of Alabama's staff and mm-hmm. football and the effects of not being Nick Saban. Yeah. Not what it's like being Kalen DeBoer. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I'm just thinking. And, again, that's not an indictment on Kalen DeBoer. He's just not Nick Saban. Yeah, we've seen it, though, right? Right. With Coach Solich. Yeah. Well, he's it's not, it's not he's Coach Osborne. T.O. Yeah. That's uh, –
4: Sometimes the person's biggest sin is they're just not the other guy. And we get so either attached or enamored or comfortable or whatever with the other guy. I definitely Yeah, but that no matter who comes in. And sometimes bad choices are made and bad hires are made. Like, that's obviously clear. And I think,
3: was it no block, no rock? Somebody tweeted, I think it was uh, NBR guys, um, that they had heard Buffett use the moat reference. Mm. Right? Because I was talking about. With Trev. Yeah, and he was so um, passionate. You know, it mm-hmm. was. That would make sense if it was a Buffett thing
4: because that's how he operates. At least that's what it, you know, that's the, what's publicly known about how he operates. Yeah, it's he
3: like I've heard him use the moat reference because if you, if you missed the other day or whatever day it was. Yesterday, I, I, I was just saying, you know, Trev was talking about one of the things that the, the biggest thing that he's trying to do is to build a moat. Mm-hmm. around his his staff and his employees so, so they can go to work mm-hmm. because he said, you know, people would be surprised. They have some really good people that are really good at their jobs. He wants them to be able to do their job.
4: And with Buffett, that makes sense, right? Because the way he goes about business is he buys businesses that are already doing things right. So why would he want to go? Like, he's not one of those people. He's not a rehab guy. Man, I cannot tell you because I've seen it happen how many companies go in Buy a successful business because they want what that successful business is doing, and then change how that business operates. I was in one of
3: those that got bought once, and they changed. They were trying to change. It's like, and I guess it depends on where your strengths are. Because I mean, we work for a guy that has killed it. Sure, rehabbing.
4: But there's a difference.
3: Businesses, right? So it's like,
4: but there's a difference between taking over a business that needs rehabbed and taking over a successful business and deciding to change it because you think. Like that's what doesn't make any sense to me, right? Is when you take over something successful, and decide, oh, I want them to be more like me. It's like, well, then why
3: did why did you buy them? Why did you take them over uh, if you just want them to be more like you? Okay, but yes and no, right? So would you rather be, <laughs> would you rather be um, Frankie London or Scott Frost taking over for T Phrase, or would you rather be one of the young incumbents now, i.e., D- young Dylan? Taking over for Purdy, Harburg, Sims, because there's pros and cons to to, to both. There, there is. We've already resigned ourselves to the fact, and I haven't. I wanted to. I may save this for Mitch tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like I, I hear and I get this sense that we would be disappointed if Dylan wasn't our starter. Oh, that's definitely the sense. Absolutely, it is. I I, I don't know what, who this is in me, like the hat. Mm-hmm. I don't give that one thought. It's the coach. That's the coach in you. I, I, I don't give it one. That hasn't even crossed my mind. Do you know what? I, do you know what? I, and I'm just the God's honest truth. Yeah. How, how are you processing it? I, I want to see spring. I just, I'm like, ooh, man, I hope this is competitive. Yeah, as well that's the coach. I, that's I, the coach. I, I, I want to see who can ball. That's the coach in you, one hundred percent.
4: Because I've i felt the same way about basketball players. Like I, it's the coach in you. I I can say that with one hundred percent certainty. You
3: know, I'm 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 sitting out here on my way back from Lincoln the other day, and I'm like, have we resigned? Our like we're already setting ourselves up for if this doesn't happen, then this. Yes. He, you know, there's other there's other ways to look at things, right?
4: One hundred percent. You can look at it where if. You say okay. Number one,
3: we've got a few options that we like their talent, or and we like the guys. The I, nobody's gonna believe. Nobody's gonna ride with me on this. I know I'm gonna be Gilligan. Yeah, but out on an island. But <laughs> yeah, but don't you because so, you because you didn't even hesitate. Oh, you're
4: like oh 100 no, man. Be, I swear to you, if 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 Heinrich Harburg takes the
3: first snap on August 31st. Now I think that would be different because we have
4: we have a, a body we, of work.
3: Yeah, we have a body of work.
4: Yeah, but. What would it say to you? Because it can say two different things. It can say Dylan Rayola isn't the guy we thought, at least right now. Or it can
3: say Heinrich Harburg got so much better that he beat out Dylan Rayola. Can I go back to something you said yesterday? And you said it. Yeah, go ahead. You, like, you, you literally took the baton and ran with it. Mm-hmm. What if you trust somebody so much, even if it's not what you believe? Even if you think they're wrong. That you ride with it. Yeah. So you... Could, is, are we capable of feeling like that about Coach Rule and his decision-making? We'll see. We'll see who takes the first Isn't pass. that like a legit, yeah. practical example of it what is. we're talking about? It 100% though? is. But it also— Because I said that's, like, that's when the magic happens. It
4: also goes in— It defies all logic. It does. And right now, it defies all logic to, to think that But somebody, he's who we trust. He is. That would be the ultimate test of his trust. I just am putting it, that out there now. <laughs> I'm serious. Based on the way people in this state feel about Harburg, feel about Rayola. So we're just writing off everybody else, right? 100%. That is what has happened. Right
3: or wrong, that is the state of the union. (laughs) It is. Well, I let the fuse. You kind of bristled up in your seat. Well, it's true. Okay, so I. Nothing would test
4: our trust in Matt Rule more than him rolling anybody besides Dylan Royola out there August 31st. And you were just willing to live with the consequences
3: of of rolling out a true freshman.
4: I mean, we were willing to live with the consequences of rolling out a guy that wanted to be a tight end last year. I
3: don't don't know if you know, man, but I heard we better take advantage of this schedule.
4: Hey, 7-0 to start. Let's go. (laughs) DB loves schedules talk. Coming up next, we got Brian Edwards, our Vegas insider here on Herd Out Sports Radio.
0: You're listening to Hurt At Sports Radio. Now, Vegas insider, senior handicapper, and fan of the cold Budweiser bottles, Brian Edwards. It's
7: got to be touchdown, touchdown, touchdown.
0: Brian Edwards.
7: I don't really love it.
5: Brian
0: Edwards.
7: Boy, they using the cream cheese to butter the bagel.
0: Brian Edwards. I'm
4: going with the
0: cowgirls. Here is Brian Edwards
4: joining us now on the warhorse sportsbook hotline here on heard at sports radio is brian edwards uh b
3: how are you this morning good morning fellas how we doing man see i i you know i got canceled for five months and all of a sudden you know how to work Streamyard pretty well man like (laughs) you're like batting a thousand the last couple times since i've been back see what happens when you get rid of old db
7: no, and it, my CenturyLink is all over the place. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. We're, maybe it's just a morning thing.
3: How's the fiber like, optics game down there in your parts of the country? Is it, is it pretty steady? Uh, I mean, you have a lot of outages. You good? I mean, what? like what, 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 what? Uh,
7: Yeah, yeah, no, I hadn't had a lot of outages. Hadn't had a lot of outages. But I remember complaining about the picture on my stream yard a few times. Like, I'm talking, like, a couple of years back, and they – trying to tell me i only get a certain amount of whatever the voltage or, or bps's
3: the or something bandwidth. there you go bandwidth hey ba- so, something like that so so they to- what's your what? lag what's your lag time like if you're watching a game because you're you're an end game guy and yeah. like you'll go to get on something and it's yeah. probably only gonna be there like six seconds like what's right, your yeah. lag time
7: I feel like I'm like 15 or 20 seconds, but there's a buddy of mine that I go over to his house to watch games a lot, and um, he has the YouTube TV. I feel like he's like 30 or 45 seconds behind, so I don't have any complaints. Oh, it's all- you, know, you know how we, when you're watching the game and the Bri- live...
3: Brian Edwards <laughs> here for not wanting to stream YouTube TV.
7: Right, right. <laughs> the, the, the live line will change and you're like, watching the game, you're like, okay, somebody's about to hit a three-pointer or, or or this or that. But when I'm over there, I feel like I'm two possessions behind in hoops and like two plays or, you know, a play and a half behind in football.
4: Mm, that's rough. I don't think I... That might be an internet issue, but I don't think I get that with my YouTube TV. So I'm probably about... 12 seconds yeah maybe i think i'm like i think i'm like five to ten but but there's not 30
3: there's this thing now b where i I gotta go into it somebody sent me a link on youtube where they have now have a feature where you can basically make it more efficient you got to go in your settings Mm. ah but i don't know what that's good i don't know what that's gonna talk about that off the
7: air <laughs> I, need to, I need to know about
3: it. <laughs> I don't want to spend the whole segment on it, but so, I need to. know. So about I, I do got to ask real quick though. So like when you're doing the live in-game thing, it's basically your phone and your computer, right? Yep. Okay. But I I, I kind of pre-
7: I prefer doing it on my computer because I, I feel like I'm I'm navigating a lot faster.
3: Mm, gotcha.
7: Uh,
4: B, let's get into some of the plays you like uh, for tonight and through the weekend. Uh, Let's start off in the old AAC, you got Memphis at East Carolina, that over-under is at 146, Uh, where are you looking at on that one?
7: Yeah, so the unders on a crazy run for East Carolina, seventeen and three in its last twenty, and one of the three overs only had one hundred and thirty nine combined, which would have gone under tonight's total of one forty six. And this one forty six total is the sixth highest during this you know twenty game stretch of seventeen unders for uh, ECU. All of East Carolina's offensive stats are abysmal, such as their free throw percentage 312 out of 362 Division I teams. Um, their uh, uh th- I'm sorry, that 312 on the three point accuracy, 309 on field goal percentage, 298 in scoring. Ooh. Um, and uh, defensively, they're 35th at defending the three point line. Now, Memphis is more of an over team, but I, I, you know, I, I, I like this 17 and three to the under on ecu and this being one of the highest totals in that stretch so uh let's go under 146
3: it's a tough conference to cap but i mean that's why you're the expert we're gonna go over to what's remaining of the pac 12 uh washington state laying six and a half seven ish uh yep. against usc tonight
7: Yes, yeah, so Washington State gets the monster win at Arizona last Thursday, which I think you know wrapped up, you know, put them on lockdown for an at-large berth, and so they predictably were in a letdown scenario Saturday, lost at Arizona State. But I think that's good for tonight. We get them in bounce-back mode, and they're nasty at home. They've won five in a row, both straight up and against the spread, uh, at home. And uh, four of those wins uh, were by margins of 13, 19, 9, and 22. And the fifth win was over Arizona at home which was only by three but I mean that's Arizona um, and they have won by seven or more in 11 of their 13 home wins and mm. by double digits in nine of them whereas USC is two and eight straight up four and six against the spread in ten uh, road games regardless of venue the Trojans have lost nine of their last twelve and they've lost by at least eight in six of those and Washington State already went to LA and beat them uh, by eight so Let's go with Wazoo, uh, minus six now for seven at home to USC.
4: Uh, We're talking with Brian Edwards, our Vegas insider. Uh, B, I'm excited tonight because my Golden State Warriors are actually playing on the East Coast, so I don't have to stay up till all hours of the night to actually watch a Warriors game. Uh, But they're a a, uh, a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Knicks. There's a little bit of question about Jalen Brunson, though, and his status. How are you feeling there?
7: Yeah, so if Brunson is downgraded, that I'll be on the Warriors. Um, they're they're just playing really good ball. I mean, they were they're playing really good uh, before the All Star break. Uh, coming in, out of the All Star break, they're three and one, both straight up and against the spread. The only loss, uh, a close game, uh, or I'm sorry, not a close game. They they lost to the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, if if Brunson's out, you know, they're already uh, without Ananobi um, and, and just banged up uh, in general here for uh, several weeks now. So if um, if uh, Brunson's out, give me the Warriors. Uh,
3: uh, Jazz are a much different team on the road than at home, it seems to be kind of an NBA <laughs> thing. But man, uh, catching a, a, a decent number tonight against Orlando quietly—like I, I don't know—I I almost feel like Orlando should be better, but maybe it's a it's a little it's a little premature. But golly, they're thirty three and twenty six. What do, you, what do you like what do you like tonight
7: well I think you think they should be better because you've probably been hearing about how they're one of the best A-T-A-S teams in the NBA. They're a
3: covering machine. <laughs> yeah,
7: they they are better for our purposes. 38-21 30, <laughs> uh, against the spread for the year. So, um, in their last 14, Orlando 10-4, and 4, both straight up uh, and against the spread. They're now 19-7 and 7, straight up, 18-8 and 8 against the spread at home this season. Look, I, I like them tonight, even if Paolo Banchero, their re- leading scorer, doesn't play. But he's missed the last two games – uh, with an illness and that's what started on Sunday and then he missed Tuesday's game so man he's really sick if he's not ready by tonight but I like him even if he doesn't play but I would think he's got a decent chance to getting back tonight but Utah terrible on the road and just terrible in general lately five and twelve straight up six and eleven and um, against the spread, and it's been even worse since February 8th. They're 1-6, um, both straight up and ATS. And for the year, 9-21, and 21, straight up 13-17 and 17 against the spread in 30 uh, road games. Walker Kessler is questionable for them. Give me Orlando uh, minus uh,
3: 6-ish. And I'm a big Jalen Suggs guy since high school, so full mm. disclosure, go Magic.
4: <laughs> uh, B, speaking of teams that are terrible, you got a sicko matchup tonight <laughs> with the Hawks and the Nets. That you've got to play on. Uh, did you see the picture of your
3: boy Trey Young in the hospital whoa, bed whoa, over whoa, a whoa, finger? Whoa, Trey. No, Brian Edwards. I did. Br- Brian Edwards. Oh, I was going to say, don't put Trey Young so, on me. So I looked at that in the hospital, and I was like, was it his heart? Was it his lo- like he was Like, <laughs> he was in the hospital bed <laughs> like it looked like for anything other than a he finger. Had, he had the whole hand wrapped up. Yeah, well, I think it was
2: post
7: surgery. I think. Oh, I yeah. mean, he did have surgery, so I, I, I'm thinking it was the uh, anesthesia?
4: anesthesia. Yeah. Oh,
7: okay. I mean, listen, I, listen. He's probably like. I think it was his dad's Twitter. He's probably like, Dad, why in the world are you putting why that would, on social media?
3: Even if it was like kind of localized and just the arm, it <laughs> seemed a little much. But I, I listen. That's just me. I don't knock the hustle. <laughs>
7: I agree. We got to scold Mr. Young on that one.
4: (laughs) So you've got Hawks Nets over under Uh, the that number. I've got it at two twenty three and a half. Looks like you had it at two twenty three and a half or two twenty four. What are you looking at there?
7: Yeah. So the unders nine and one for Brooklyn, and it's last uh, ten and uh, with Trey Young out, uh, the Hawks. uh, Or actually, they've had um, four straight unders, but with the two with him out. Uh, they have only had combined scores of uh, 201 and 221, so um, let's go under. A low, a low total for the Hawks, but a different, um, different team without Trey Young, uh, not uh, as prolific offensively, but uh, playing a lot better defensively.
3: So this one's interesting because it's right in our own backyard. you got Ohio State and, and Nebraska, and it's a big one, uh, the total – For you, whether you play it or not, hinges on whether Battle plays?
7: Yeah, so if if Battle gets upgraded, uh, let's go with the over in tonight's game. If he gets downgraded, Uh, Let's take Nebraska as an underdog. Uh, Battle averages 14.2 points, 5.1 rebounds, shoots 44% from three, 93.9% from the free throw line. Uh, And overs uh, have cashed in an 18-7 clip uh, for Nebraska, 6-1 in their last seven uh, road games. And uh, when Nebraska's had a a total of 146.5 or fewer, uh, the overs 10 and 3, and actually 10 and 1 in their last 11 uh, with totals that low. But what, if what battle plays? I think Nebraska wins out. I mean, if battle doesn't play. I think Nebraska wins out. What'd
3: you make the number?
7: Um, well, I, I had not noticed battle's injury uh, yet. So um, I had uh, Ohio State at minus 2, mm. but I would have had it, you know. If battles out, I think Nebraska should be favored.
3: Gotcha.
4: That's Brian Edwards, majorwager.com, Brian Edwards, and Vegas Insider. B, we appreciate it all. as always. Talk to you next week.
7: Thanks. You have a great weekend.
4: Thanks, B. Coming up next, we got Michael Bruns, Husker 20. 20-
0: Welcome to Heard at Sports Radio.
4: Kicking off our number three here on Red Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're also live on KFOR in Lincoln for this third hour. And we are brought to you by our friends at the War Horse Sportsbook. If you want to put in some of those plays that our guy B. Edwards just gave you, make sure you get to War Horse Sportsbook. You can go to the casino in Lincoln or Horseman's Park in Omaha, 6303 Q Street. And starting tomorrow... You can start earning entries
3: why, why you say it like
4: tomorrow that? because <laughs> you can start earning entries into the million dollar perfect bracket challenge. One million dollars uh, for the perfect bracket challenge with Warhorse Sportsbook. Every $50 sportsbook wager or ticket for $50 or more gets you an entry. You have to be a Warhorse Rewards member to, for those entries to qualify you into the bracket challenge. That's between. Tomorrow, tomorrow, (laughs) and March 14th, that's before the tournament starts, to get your entries. So rack up those entries, try and pick a perfect bracket, see if you can win a million dollars. Even if you don't get a perfect bracket, you can still win up to $10,000 in prizes uh, for the top brackets. Make sure you go to WarHorseCasino.com for a full list of details and rules, See if you can win yourself a million dollars with a perfect bracket. Uh, Joining us now on that War Horse Sportsbook Hotline, our good friend, although after last week, I don't know if we're still good friends, (laughs) Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7. What's going on, man?
6: Nothing. What's up?
4: see how we doing buddy we good
6: not bad yeah I'm, I'm good
4: brus we've been uh, arguing about Bo
3: Jackson for a full week that's not true no it is it is <laughs> I I am not <laughs> my man l2 over here is you get dragged into
4: the uh you get dragged into the fray every once in a while but uh you know I'm gonna like I said I'll die on that hill and I just didn't realize I'd be dying all week
6: yeah no it's uh <laughs> it, it's like I said
3: last week, it's a very interesting take. pick. Br- Bruncey, per usual with you, we're going to We're going to hit it all. bounce right? around yeah, a little bit. It might be a little major league. There's certainly going to be college baseball. There's certainly going to be basketball. Um, and there's going to be some football. But I want to start right in your very own backyard with recruiting. So I think a year ago um, we were talking and we're like, oh, my gosh, they have to do something with December in this signing period. It's too much. Coaches are complaining. They're never around. They can't get ready for a bowl game. <laughs> you Maybe it, it comes up the, the last handful of days that you could have multiple signing periods. It was kind of, at least the guys that I talked to, was received fairly lukewarm. We know December is messy. You have to fix it a little. Maybe you keep February, but this whole summer thing... It gave me Bo Pelini vibes, mm. and people thought he was nuts. Well, where'd you land on everybody's pushback or acceptance of some pro- potential changes?
6: Right there. Yeah, it. I think. I think in order to kind of, uh, kind of really dive into it, I think it kind of matters what kind of program you're in. Right? Okay. Okay. I, I've talked to a few personnel folks uh in the last 24 hours just kind of seeing what i was missing like what 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 angles am i not seeing here and i i think i think you're right like i think i think the december change and actually having december as a dead period the people i talked to were like okay that makes sense to us because essentially you're you're just babysitting recruits at that point yep and your head coach is flying around the country having meals in homes and things like that um, I mean you're setting the table a little bit for the, the the classes ahead too but you do that more in January now but the, the December thing they were kind of like okay this, this makes sense to us like you, you don't get a ton done there anyways most of your class is already in the, in the fold anyways and not going anywhere so all, that's okay um, June's going to be fascinating because I think depending on what kind of a program you see yourself as that's going to, dep- that, that's going to decide how you treat that June um, signing window or, you know, at the, end, at the end of the summer. Like I think if you're a program like let's say South Dakota state or, you know, uh, an FCS program or, you know, a, a program where you're really, you're, you're really, you feel like you're really good at evaluating, you can, know, can kind of find guys early that, that other programs might have missed. I, I think there's there's definitely an advantage to being able to sign a kid and, and lock him in in June before everybody else kind of figures out what's going on. Um, I'll be interested to kind of see the discussions that happen between recruits and, and coaching staffs now because let's say you commit early, but maybe you want to take a, a visit or two in the fall. Yeah. Then the question is, is are, are you actually committed if you're not going to sign in June? And it's like, well, that's pretty early. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I still don't know what, I mean, what are we going to do for, for coaching changes? I mean, right now, if you're, if you're on a roster, you get the 30 day window. And if a head coach leaves or gets fired, you had 30 coaches change jobs this past cycle. I mean, it, it's, it's really tough, I think, and kind of creates more issues for what you're going to do in November. Let's say if all of a sudden the coach leaves to take another job and you've been signed for the last five months. And I know you ever, you know, you, you commit to a school, blah, blah, blah. um, But that's, that's not really the case in a lot of situations. You're, you're usually committing to a head coach, usually committing to uh, a position coach too, that, that, that you like. So, I think that was kind of the the big one that I kept hearing was like, okay, what what are you going to do in that situation? Because that that seems like it's going to be just an absolute mess for guys that have been um, if they choose to sign in June. I don't. I I might be wrong. I I don't foresee a lot of the, you know, the blue chip guys, the you know, the the mid four stars, those, those types of guys. I just don't see them signing in June like I, I, I just don't think that's what's going to happen I've been wrong but it uh, I, I think the June window there's a lot of questions about
3: yeah I can tell you right now like it just the one that I have intimate knowledge of right now and Christian Jones there's no way mm-hmm. right like he's not there's no way he would sign in
6: June uh, well, but, it, it, but why would you I mean I mean if, if you're I mean you know how college coaching is I oh mean, yeah <laughs> I, I mean you you're you're putting a lot of faith in somebody that they're gonna stay put and I, I think sometimes that's uh, that that's a really tough bet to make as a as a you know eighteen year old kid.
3: Let, let me ask you this, Bruny, because I didn't see this coming the second part of this coming, but I remember when the transfer portal thing and the one time transfer thing I you know I got behind the mic and I was like, hey, you know I'm, I'm this is fine, right it's it's whatever. Because I thought the un- unintended consequence was it would build coaching accountability too. It would force coaches to be who they said they were when they were recruiting guys. If you didn't want guys to leave, now full disclosure. Obviously, I didn't know about NIL was going to turn out to be what it was because it wasn't even a thing yet. Right. When you're looking at this and the signing periods, the NIL, the um, uh. the the coaching carousel, the portal, do you think we could go the other way with coaches where they're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a lot more careful about the guys that I recruit and try the preventative measure versus, ah, I'm going to have to learn to play the game. This is the way that it's moving.
6: Yeah, I mean, I I think there's definitely a uh – I think there's a that's an approach i mean and i think you're going to see some programs go that way
3: of you may you miss know. out on some top top end guys but i don't also want to assume that top top end guys don't have any character either right <laughs> like they're not of, of well, and it's, you know
6: like, yeah i get your point i mean and, it, and sometimes it's not even a, a character thing right like i mean if, if you think a guy just through the evaluation process if you think a guy is a good football player but you want to be more convicted in your evaluation of a kid, I mean, you're, you're going to want to take time. I mean, you're going to want to see track numbers to know if, you know, a, a guy's truly a, a good athlete or if he's just kind of an okay football player. Um, you know, th- there's programs, um, you know, w- one pretty close by that I, I think sees a lot of value in senior films. And, you know, uh, are yeah. you gonna, how many programs are you going to see save five spots yeah. or for, for senior film guys, even if you have a bulk of your class wrapped up in June. I mean I, I, think, I think your point is, is a good one because I think at some point, with everything you know going on in college football now, um, I, I think sometimes a little bit more patience allows you to maybe minimize mistakes. I and I, think, I think a lot of programs that can you know get in the portal and, and, and get active that way, you can kind of erase some of those mistakes pretty quickly. But I think there, like I said, it kind of depends where you're talking from. And there's some programs in college football that that are going to have to be more patient and make sure that they're, they're, you know, really kind of going through their process and not just taking risks on guys.
4: We're talking with Michael Brunts of Husker 24 seven, really good stuff there on some of the dynamics of that signing period. And and when guys commit, yeah, it, it, Bruns, it feels to me like these proposals are often focused on making the coach's life easier as opposed to maybe giving the players what's best for them but isn't isn't the transfers one of the consequences we've seen of that where if you are just trying constantly trying to make the coach's life easier and not the player's life better then guys are gonna leave because they were sort of sold a bill of goods am i making too much of a stretch there
6: uh, no, I, I think that that's that's maybe the case in some situations. I mean, I, I think uh, I, I don't know. I mean, when you kind of factor in everything else, you know, with with, with NIL and stuff like that, I mean, I, I think there's probably a little bit more power in the hands of the players too, um, from that way rather than you know what what the NCAA is legislating or talking about doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I think. I, I was kind of fascinated to see when the summer deadline was going to be because yeah. I saw some people say, well, do it in August. And it's like, well, you know, there's like a two-week window in July, which is like the only time off that coaches have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, late June makes sense to me. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting push and pull with, you know, what, what – what's more beneficial to players, what's more beneficial to to the coaches. I I think a lot of times uh, those aren't necessarily the same things. I I think you're right. I mean, I'm also, you know, you you think back to some of the changes that have been made and, you know, the the changes don't happen in a vacuum, but it feels like they do sometimes where it's like, we're going to make this change. We're going to kind of see what happens, what the unintended consequences are here. And then we'll, will adjust like I, I just I don't know what the perfect answer is um, to a lot of those questions and it, you know even with this you know with, with the earlier window in June I wonder if that speeds up recruitments even more like you know you, you are you obviously have guys who are getting offers as freshmen and sophomores now but are are programs going to see you know okay we we've got a we've got to offer we got to get in the in the door and start building this relationship even faster than we were before I, yeah. I i don't know if that's maybe an offshoot too there and i don't know that that's necessarily a good thing
3: let me fast forward uh decent series i mean college of charleston um should tell you a little they get to reset the rotation in a similar fashion are you looking for Uh, Are you starting on the the mound to see if there's continuation, if this is going to be a thing with four-game sets, and can we kind of settle in, or is it – and we heard Coach Bolt talk about this. I thought I was premature, or I thought my buddy was premature, Aaron, when he was mad about all the strikeouts, but it is something that that Coach Bolt is addressing out loud. Are you looking at approaches to the plate now, even though Coach Bolt was pretty specific – about giving stats and hitting with two strikes and things of that nature this week what are you what's your eye gravitating towards
6: yeah the the the, the strikeout thing is concerning because i mean but did know, the, the
3: 250 267 thing catch you like were you like
6: huh he's got some yeah. guys in his department <laughs> <laughs> yeah no they they're they're not they're not blind to anything that's going on over there yeah um and and I didn't check his math on this, but well, he said I mean, it he so casually. He gave me the yeah. impression he was right. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, you don't just pull that out of nowhere. But uh, I, I think you know that the the strikeouts are a concern. I mean, to me, it's more about you know productive outs too. I mean, are you moving guys over? Are you you putting the ball in play? I mean, it, you think about too, with the way that this roster is constructed. I mean, this, this is a roster that I think is more, we're going to put the ball in play, we've got some guys that can run a little bit, and we're going to try to force the issue and make you make mistakes. And it's hard to do that when you're striking out uh, as much as they have been. And I, I think he's right, though. I mean, I think a lot of it is, you know, are, are you going up there being aggressive and, and you know trying to take advantage of pitches early in the count? And they, I think they did a better job of that against Grand Canyon. And, you know, the, the other point that he made was like, look, we're, you we scored double digit runs down there, um, striking out that much. You know, the, the, they can kind of live with that at some point. But the problem is, is when you're, you know, you're scoring three runs striking out 13 times, like that's just not a recipe to beat anybody. And, but I, I, I think, you know, bigger picture, I'm, I'm kind of eager to see if, you know, you can get, get off to a good start again uh, with, with Christo and Sears. I mean, I, I think that, that could be a pretty good look on a weekend if you can get those guys pitching with consistency. I think Sears will. Uh, we'll see if Christo can get there. But, um, you know, this is the last four-gamer four for four a while, I think. So um, you'll at least be able to, to kind of settle in and, and kind of figure out who you're going to drop from that rotation. But I, you go back to last weekend, I mean, the, the you have to feel pretty – pleased with that bullpen given they didn't have two of their top arms all yeah, weekend 100 and still were able to play matchup and in, in the ninth inning of a, a the fourth game of a four game series you know and it's funny too
3: because it's one of those things where I, i'm glad you, you we get a chance to watch because if you just look at the stats you probably think oh sunday got a little messy what they erased whatever the lead was six or seven runs but once that went away and you got to the actual like bully session or the bullpen it was actually pretty good
6: yeah no i, I mean worthily came in and gave them three really good innings which they desperately needed um yeah you talk you know, about a cut stopper even thursday night i mean they they go from cristo straight to tiner horn and he throws three innings of, of uh relief and you don't have to get in your bullpen more than that that probably set him up better than anything on the weekend it was, it was just uh the, the opening night, kind of being able to coast a little bit. So, um, I mean, yeah, I, you, you have to remember. I mean, this is a, a bullpen last year where it was like, okay, we you got to go get Shannon and hope he gives you two or three innings. Yeah. And you know, in in the the fourth game against Grand Canyon, you go to Grant Clevenger who's throwing ninety three from the left hand side with a good slider. Like, you, you didn't have that that uh, luxury last season, and I, I think those. Those types of programs that have bullpen depth, I mean, that—that's, those are the teams that you're going to see later in the season have a lot of success, so we'll see if they can can keep that up. But, I mean, I, I think you really saw the depth of their pitching this past weekend. It always shows up in four-game series, whether you have it or not, but uh, I think they were pretty encouraged by everything, especially considering they didn't have Dice or Fralick available.
4: We're talking with Michael Bruns Husker 24-7. Uh, Bruncey, let's switch gears here to uh, Husker men's basketball. Why not stretch you, Bruncey? Well, I mean, hey, I mean hey. listen.
3: Yep. I mean, why
4: not? you got to get your I'm yoga limber, game right. Limber. Get a nice, uh, you know. Um, you lived in California <laughs> oh, for a while. Oh, Flexi-Lexi you over there. You lived in California for a while. I'm sure you did some <laughs> yoga. Um, Brunce- wow. Wow. <laughs>
6: I don't even recognize what we're
4: doing. <laughs> uh, Brunts, obviously Nebraska goes on no, the road. No
6: stereotypes here, Brunce. To uh, Ohio. Yeah, Oakland is known for yoga.
3: <laughs> how in that? How I mean, can there? you just see Too Short and the Downward
0: Facing Dog? I mean, come on, MC Hammer, why not?
4: <laughs> I mean, listen, the soundtrack might be a little different, but. Uh...
1: <laughs> what is wrong with you?
4: Happy Black History Month. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> we... <laughs> I think we lost DB. Um, so they go and play Ohio State tonight. Bruncy, um, how are you feeling? It, it doesn't feel like a quad one opportunity, but it is. It's oh. a quad one opportunity to get a win, <laughs> another win on the road. Uh, Nebraska obviously on a four-game winning streak. Not really sure what to make of Ohio State, though, at this point. With their little run, they've played a little better, I guess, under Diebler since Chris Holtman got fired. How, how are you anticipating this game to go tonight?
6: Yeah, it's a it's it's scarier than what you would have thought a couple of weeks ago. I mean, yeah, you see them bounce their head coach, and you're like, okay, this is you can kind of coast to the the end here. I mean, you, and then you've got Michigan that you know is, is struggling also in their coaching situation. But I mean, Ohio State's a talented team. They've been a talented team, and mm-hmm. it seems like they've been able to kind of get a little spark from from the uh, the dismissal. So. You know, Nebraska's going to have to rebound. They're going to have to to play tough defense. I mean, that that's the, the two things I immediately go to. But yeah, it, it, just with the records involved, it doesn't seem like it's a house money game. But it, it feels like a house money game a little bit to me just because it's a road game. It's a great opportunity for a quad one. But I'm, at least in the eyes of the people that matter, I don't know that, it. you know, you, you would look at this and say this is the one we absolutely have to get. Mm. You know what I mean? Like – like if you finish two and one over the last three, you'd feel okay, you know. If, if you you drop this one, but at the same time, I mean, it it, it really would be a really nice um, capper on a good run here in February if they can get it done. So, you know, to me, it's just you know, can you can you play tough defense? Can you rebound? And I think they'll be okay. I mean, I think they've got enough offense where they can they can take care of Ohio State. But um, definitely a game where I. I Feels to me like it's more about Nebraska and how they come into this one uh, than what Ohio State's doing. Um,
3: Let's 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 get in the tree of trust. Who do you trust more, Wisconsin or Iowa? Hmm.
6: Oh, uh, I would probably say Wisconsin. Barely. Um, I don't know. Like. Both, that's a good question. I'm glad we're in the tree here. It's just just the three of <laughs> us. f um, yep, four. It got Shane. Shane's here. Oh yeah, sorry. Shane's you
0: know here. he's not. Li- he's. That. Don't worry, he's not listening. <laughs> I really got to be careful didn't on what I say about that. So
6: <laughs> didn't see you there. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think uh, I would probably lean Wisconsin ever so slightly uh, than, than Iowa. Iowa just feels a little bit more a little bit more volatile in in kind of the ups and downs than maybe Wisconsin but not by much. Who do you
3: trust more, Nebraska or Northwestern?
6: Uh I would say Nebraska. Ooh. I
2: think
6: I think I think when Nebraska's playing well, I think they're they're a better team than Northwestern. Who do you trust more,
3: Who do you trust more, Maryland or Michigan State?
6: Uh well you got to go Izzo, right? That, like, that's the Do you? <laughs> you, want,
3: oh, you? Guys, know. just continuing <laughs> to stack double-digit lost seasons.
6: Like, I, I guess. No, I mean, no, that, that's my point. Like, they, they're just getting waxed. It's like, oh, they'll get it turned around. It, it's almost March. It's Izzo. They're, they got that final kick. Uh, I, that, that was a joke. Uh, I, I would, I would probably lean. Uh, I'd probably lean. Mer- Here's why I would go Maryland with a little bit more trust here. I think they play – the way that they play is enough of a change-up from what teams see night to night that, that I think that that gives them a little bit of an advantage. So I, I would say I, I'm going against everything that I'm supposed to do as somebody that watches college basketball, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not say Izzo is though this time of year.
3: Is Nebraska the recipient of a double-by? Yes. Oh, yep.
6: emphatically. Okay. They are. They. I, I. I'm just kind of looking around at, at other <laughs> schedules and what's out there for the last three. I think. I think Nebraska's got the. Uh I think they've got the final kick to get that double bye.
3: It's kind of taking the old look-see, huh, bro? Yeah,
6: I no, it's Just, <laughs> just yeah. kind like of surveying what's going on around, around here. Uh, <laughs> that's just, my- uh, <laughs> late at night, flipping through the phone, seeing what Illinois has got coming down the stretch. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey, Illinois, you Fantastic, up?
6: Fantastic, uh, That's
4: Michael Brunce, Husker 24-7. Brunsy. we appreciate it as always. Thanks, guys. Kind of taking a look around. Coming up next. See what's out there. We'll get into something. Lord knows what it'll be. Trouble probably. Sports Radio.
0: You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio.
4: We're back here on Herdat Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities, KFOR in Lincoln. That's DB. I'm Robbie Lulo. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube as well. And we're live from the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill, where you need to get ready for a game changing experience at Herdat Sports Bar and Grill, Omaha's premier sports bar, now hiring at La Vista and Gretna locations. That is both locations. You haven't heard, it's more than just a sports bar. It's elevated pub fair, handcrafted pizzas, diverse craft spirits and classic cocktails, live events and shows. There's something for everybody at Hurt at Sports Bar and Grill. Currently, they're hiring at both locations for all positions. So join the team today and be a part of the excitement. You can visit in person at the Gretna location all week. So that's today and tomorrow, the rest of the week, between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. at the Gretna location for spot on the spot interviews, and hiring, or you can visit her.sportsbar.com slash careers to apply. Make every game day unforgettable at Sports Bar and Grill where sports, food, fun, and live entertainment come together. Uh, so I want to do a little –
3: I'm still laughing at Shane lamenting over the tater tots yesterday. Ooh, I do like a tater tot. Me too.
6: Those are fire.
3: I'm just telling you, I was, I'm happy to see that the – the upcharge on the breaded wings is still an option.
4: That's that's fire too. You love the breaded wings.
3: They're unbelievable. Love a good breaded wing. Yeah, uh, I it's probably if it's not smoked, mm-hmm. then bread. I, I want it, I prefer breaded.
4: Okay, so we're we're kind of in the spot that we were supposed to hurt at hot seat. I know there's something else you want to talk to, but real would quick, you do, would you do breaded wings and tater tots together? Because
7: that sounds really good.
3: Uh, if I was going to eat. On point the rest of the week. I probably wouldn't eat those in the same day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, spread it out a little bit. Spread it out? 100%. Uh, Gotcha.
4: If you are looking for a go-to breakfast sandwich, Mm -hmm. I want substance, not location. So not where you're going. But you're, tr- you're putting together a little breakfast sandwich, you know, a little breakfast sandy. Yep. What's going on, that bad boy?
3: Uh, so whatever it's on can't be too chewy. So, so you, that's what you – we were talking about you like a muffin over like a biscuit. Or a soft witch over – Like a bagel? Yeah. Like a full-on bagel is a little much. Oh, although there is a bagel place here that has an incredible breakfast sandwich. Mm-hmm. So it has to be something I can – fully bite. Okay. Multiple meats – so, you're I'm either, I'm a, I'm a bacon sausage guy, okay. I'm a I'm a, you know, pastrami bacon, or corned beef bacon. Ooh, I like pastrami so, and corned beef. So, something like that. So, I want more than one are, meat. Are you,
4: are you at all, can I tempt you with a breakfast salmon at all? Yeah, I,
3: so, yes. Okay. Yes. A little bit? That's probably 1A. Cooked or, or, or raw? I prefer cold smoked, but okay. I'll eat, I probably wouldn't eat warm salmon for breakfast fair yeah i would go cold kind of like the lox situation the, with the salmon cream cheese Ooh, a okay. slice of cheddar cheese on an asiago soft which okay i know it sounds a little cheesy and a little salmony. I would knock that off every day that ends in y one thinly sliced tomato Ooh wee. um but so usually multiple meat okay Something soft, but if it's salmon, you'll make a you'll make an exception on the multiple. Yeah, it's it's strong enough as a protein mm. where you don't I'm, need, need multiples. I'm cool. Um, like if I was really gonna be a glutton, mm-hmm. I'd like a nice crunch on it, like a hash brown.
4: Ooh, what about? Could you throw a wild card idea here? Could you throw a little like a slice of bacon on the salmon, or does that overpower the salmon too much?
3: Um, you got be careful with bacon sometimes. Very, I know. Very strong with I I don't. Uh, I've never had. Bacon and salmon yeah, I'm just together. Thinking, I'm thinking crunchier. And here. I put bacon on everything.
4: Yeah, I'm thinking a little crunchier, a little extra protein. You know, yeah. just, you know.
3: I, I mean, I wouldn't. I'm not going to thumb my <laughs> nose up at it. I just. <laughs> give I, it, a, give I, it a go, maybe. I, I don't mess with perfection. That's and fair. this particular location has a really. Got really, it down pat? Yeah. Okay. So I don't mess with their. Like. That's like. It may be one. Yeah. Not even 1A. It's, like, it's because there are just days I want. Traditional breakfast meat, mm-hmm. cheese, sausage, something. Sure, yeah. Yeah. You know. Like,
4: I got to figure my breakfast situation out. That's why I'm asking, you know.
3: I got a couple of spots for you.
4: So we've been working. You I, know. I,
3: I, I've got the sleepiest breakfast place, I think, Are in they the city.
4: open early enough for me to go yes, before the show? they
3: do do breakfast, and people don't give them enough burn. And they're big. Mm. They're not the little ones that you can put in your palm. Yeah. It is a fantastic sandwich. You need shop. like a big breakfast, Andy. Yes. Because
4: you know? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I've been rocking the Uncrustables for a little while. I'm
3: yeah, I'm burned it's out. Kinda, it's kind of, it's weirded me out. It's, I'm burned
4: out on it a little bit. You know, I kind of go through these phases where I'll eat up, like, hyper fixate on a food.
3: And it smells like peanut butter. Well, that's because there's peanut butter in there. I have a super strong, like, my olfactory is like the only good sense I have. It's <laughs> you know, I can't see where the darn. I do hear well. Yeah. Like I, like little noises. And I, who knows about my sense of touch. It's not like, ooh, that was my touch. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> but I can like, don't, don't like compare that. To I can freaking smell my brains out. But, yeah. So, I, the, well, the only thing I want to get to in the cleanup is, like, what Bruncey was talking about with, I just think about this with guys that were being recruited. Mm-hmm. and We're talking about the recruiting calendar with, the, like, a, Ju- a potential June. But for period. a couple of years, I have said des- December is a mess. It is. I've seen the toll that it takes on coaches. I've seen kind of the lack of attention that they can give down the stretch Mm -hmm. because they are spread thin.
4: Well, and the other thing is the December signing period lends itself to chaos with the coaching carousel. Yes. Like just total and utter
3: mayhem. It's too much going on.
4: Because it used to be, hey, you fire – and and it's Cod's guys get fired earlier. So they can start the calendar. Right. Yeah. Because – Before you could fire a guy after your season, and he still had two months to figure out his recruiting class. Now he's got like a week. If you wait till the end of the season, maybe two.
3: Yeah, and I know you have some strong thoughts on on what a December signing period would be, um, or June. Yeah, but I will say this quickly because I want to hear because I I just I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, because I think if you as the playoffs expand, Mm -hmm. December January becomes much more important. Yeah. And there's more people in the party, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're going from 12 to to 14 or whatever. 16 or whatever. Whatever that number ends up being. Like, that means that's a lot of coaches um, and their staffs that are kind of divided in the month of December and a lot of January Mm -hmm. that doesn't allow you to really be recruiting. Yeah, to be locked in on recruiting. So do you still need February? Is February too traditional to not mess with? I think you're okay with February because – if you're talking about even 16 teams, you're talking about. So how long is the dead period in December, though? Let's say you, design, you sign December 4th or 5th or whatever, the first Wednesday in December. The dead period goes how long? When you're we, at Christmas. What if we got rid of, of December, the signing t- period? No, I say I don't think you can. I Not think even if you move one to June. See, I actually think December is the non-negotiable. Really? I'm here.
4: i I'm I'm here for because pushback. it sounded like you were just saying that December's too chaotic.
3: So here's the thing. Yeah. Move it up early, then give it a dead period. So coaches can can coach.
4: Right. So my thought is get rid of it entirely, move it to June. That way December is just football. Right? If we're doing a if we're doing a big time big boy playoff and we're dealing with are you, are, are
3: you comfortable with only having February if coaches are bowl gaming? About, hang on though. Okay, sorry. If coaches are bowl gaming mm-hmm. and conference championshipping, as long as that's still a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows? And playoffing. Mm-hmm. From the middle of December through the middle of January, it's better than currently. With the December one, it's less even with the dead period. Yeah, I think maybe. So why not a dead period and let it and let you still keep February? Well, that's what I mean. You keep February. So I, that's what I'm saying though. The December is the non-negotiable because it gets the bulk of your class out of the way. Right, but we used to not have December and it was fine. Not really. That's why you have December. Okay, but hear me out. What if you go? June you leave the season alone and then February. Okay. So talk to me about and I'm listening cuz I don't know. Yeah. What's the advantage for signing in June?
4: So if you've got both June and December, that's where I get worried, right? Because I think you would see the same so thing. So
3: this so this is a June assumption without December.
4: This is a I think the best if you're going to go June, I think you have to take out December. I don't think June December and February makes any sense whatsoever. I don't think I'm pro- June I'm I'm, pro- I'm inclined to agree. I don't think June December makes that much sense. I think if you want the best product for college football and the best thing for the athletes, because if you've got June, December, February, what I think is going to happen is the same thing we had with February to December. Teams are going to wrap up their classes in December. February is going to get forgot about, and
3: guys are going to be forced to make decisions maybe before they're ready. So, Okay, so do you think that the schools that like senior evals, mm-hmm. they're not changing anyway, so you're pulling them out of it. That's so,
4: why February. you leave February that's alone. That's what I, okay, I'm yeah. just –
3: Just processing real Because if a
4: guy is going to commit early, the difference between June and December I actually don't think is that big. The difference between June and February, because then you're allowing senior tape, right? If a guy's signing in December, you already know you want that guy before his senior film, for the most part. If a guy's signing in February, that gives senior film a chance. But if a guy's signing in June, he's the same guy that's probably going to sign in December. Oh, I don't know. For the most part. If June signing period, I mean, is Rayola here? Well, you might end up different places, but it's not like the eval on will change. That's what I meant. Okay. That, now, that's it. The that's eval fair. doesn't change. Destination I'm, might. Might have to get a little more loosey-goosey on that transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, we'll talk Ohio State.
0: You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio.
4: We're wrapping up the show here on Herd Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, KFOR in Lincoln. We are brought to you by our friends at the Team Jack Foundation. They had their 11th annual gala over the weekend on Saturday. Bryant Young was here. They had a silent auction. Our friends at the uh, NBNR podcast were representing Herd Herd At Sports down there as well. And Team Jack has been Obviously closely associated with Nebraska, but they're doing terrific things nationwide in terms of childhood cancer research, fighting childhood brain cancer. They're not just working with Nebraska Medical Center, although they are. They're also working with national institutes such as Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, Memorial Sloan-Kettering Cancer Center, Columbia University, and more. They've raised over $12 million and counting to date. And their goal is laser focused, finding better treatments for kids fighting brain cancer and one day a cure. That's the Team Jack Foundation. If you want to get involved, check out their future events. If you miss the gala, donate directly on the website. It's teamjackfoundation.org to get involved. Uh, kind of returning to that conversation we're having about signing day, as we I'm going to uh, do a poll question. As we effort Steven Means, uh, who covers Ohio State football and basketball for Cleveland.com. So the four options as we see them are status quo, December and February signing day, add June and have three, June, December, February, add June and get rid of December, so j- uh, June and, and February, or add June, get rid of February, so you got June and December. Mm-hmm. I think what, what you'd have to do, and we can, we can do this on the show tomorrow, what you'd have to do is make a list of the things you want to accomplish by having your signing days, what opportunities you want to afford uh, the players, what headaches you're trying to eliminate with coaches, and what chaos you're trying to get rid of with college football in general. Yeah, and that's especially how, especially as the
3: playoffs continue to expand. Yes,
4: and that's how you can come to what makes the most sense for the multiple signing days. But joining us now on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline, uh, covering Ohio State football and basketball for Cleveland.com, is Stephen Means. Stephen, how are you this
3: morning? I'm good, I'm good. How you guys? Good, 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 my man. Hey, I guess out of the gates, what's your what's your gut tell you about whether the Buckeyes get a a, a, a version of battle tonight or not? Mm. Huh.
5: That's a hard one. I, I do think they've at least been competing since Jake Bieber took over, and that's not, I don't think, a slight against Chris Holman. I think that it already started before they fired Chris Holman for a team who's just trying to close out this year maybe with a little bit more fight than we had seen all season. So I do think it might be competitive. I'm just – I think one team – Nebraska seems to be surging a little bit here late in the year as they're trying to find positioning for the Big Ten tournament. While with Ohio State, I think they're just trying to, you know, find as much positivity as possible. But I think Nebraska might end up winning.
3: Okay, so how much of that actually has to do with the word I used and whether a guy like Battle <laughs> plays tonight for Ohio State. It always helps when he's in the lineup. I
5: think it all matters,
3: right, right. I, 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 he has been – he's an interesting piece
5: for them. I don't know if he's their – he's their second-leading scorer, obviously, when you look at the stat sheet. I mean, usage-wise, I think Roddy Gale is probably their second-best just overall player yeah. this year behind Bruce Thornton. But it is going to matter, right, because those three guys, all those guys basically, 14 points per game. That is going to matter.
4: Steven, let's rewind a little bit here to Chris Holtman. What went wrong with the Chris Holtman era? He made NCAA tournaments four of his first five years. The year that he didn't make it was COVID. They still had 20 wins. What happened the last couple years where the wheels fell off? What was going on with Chris Holtman at Ohio State? Yeah, I think the, the initial issue before obviously what's
5: happened the last two years was, yes, he was making the tournament, but they weren't really doing anything. It was almost it's almost like you're in a pool and you're in too deep and you're just kind of staying afloat with your head up of water. You're doing just enough to be considered a, a team that can be competitive against most teams but not a team that's good enough to actually win any of those basketball games, which is how you constantly get a team who's losing in the first and the second round of the NCAA tournament, how you get a team who every January seems to fall apart, or it's a middle-of-the-road Big Ten team. And that's not necessarily the standard of Ohio State. It's not the football standard where it's win a national championship every year or it's <laughs> But you need to at least be competitive and be in the space, and maybe every two or three years you're in a position where you make a Final Four run. And that wasn't happening, and it stood up a world where now, when you do have some down years, mm. well, I mean, your high wasn't that high, and your lows are crazy low. We can't keep you here. And these last two years were supposed to be a reset when you've got back-to-back top ten recruiting classes. And I think individually those players, as I mentioned, Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, Bryce Sintiphal, Malachi Brenham, individually some of his players have played very, very well, E.J. Liddell. But as a team, this is a team success game. This is a business of wins or losses. And you weren't winning enough to put yourself in a position where if you had some years like this, you were going to be safe to keep your job.
3: Yeah, that's interesting, Stephen, because I guess to have the discussion, you have to set the parameters. How good a job is it in terms of the perception? Ravi and I argued about this for a couple of days on, and this is before we even knew that McDermott may be an option. I mean, we're just talking about out loud about how, oh, my gosh, Michigan and Ohio State are at the bottom of the Big Ten at the time. Mm-hmm. How, what's the perception compared to football, though? How good of a job is it? I think it's a great job, honestly. I honestly think it's a really great
5: job because it's not Kentucky, UCLA, North Carolina, Duke, Kansas. It's not a blue-blood place where you do have those expectations of, why haven't we won a national championship yet? Hey, we're going to fire you because you've lost three games in a row. Mm-hmm. It's a. I mean, Columbus is a great area. You get a lot of the same benefits that the football team does in terms of the NIL. Space and the fan interest gets there. It's not necessarily there during the football season, but right after December hits, when you get into January, this, this, the stands are typically packed. They haven't been for the last two years for obvious reasons. But when this team is good, go ask that mana how good of a job this mm. is. Well, also, you know, you're not first. You're not first on the campus, right? All that energy, whether all that hyperbolic energy, goes towards Ryan Day. He takes all those hits for you and so <laughs> your job is to draw attention to yourself in a good way and when you draw attention to yourself in a good way you're Thad Mata when you draw attention to yourself in a bad way you're at the end of the Jim O'Brien era you're the Chris Holman era mm.
4: you know Steven so basically it's the advantages of a big time job in terms of resources money facilities all of that but you have a giant heat shield in Ryan Day keeping
3: you from burning up on reentry. is that basically what you're saying
5: Most definitely.
3: Let me ask you something. Thornton had his way in Lincoln at least early. Uh, We we referenced his scoring process. We know that. How does Ohio State have to play at home tonight to continue what momentum they're trying to build? Just consistency for 40 minutes. I I do think in all of these games this year you've
5: seen the spurts. I don't think they've been in many games this year where they didn't look like they belong on the court. It's just, you know. the results are the results at the end of the day, but I think Bruce Jordan has been – I think he's one of the best players in the Big Ten already. It's just he happens to play for one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, so maybe he doesn't get the notoriety that he should be getting. Hmm. I think the more interesting piece, though, is Devin Royal, who over the last couple of games here has seemed to come along. He reminds me a lot of what E.J. Liddell was as a true freshman, where it's a small role because he's behind some guys who are veterans – they're bringing him along slow, but then by year two, it's like, oh, yo, this might be one of the best players in the Big Ten, and in year three, hey, he might be the best player in the Big Ten if you don't have a seven-foot-four guy up at Purdue averaging 20 and 10 every single night. So I think Bruce Thornton, yes, but I think he's become a known commodity. Roddy Gale, yes, but he's become a known commodity. Jamison Battle, yes, but he'd become a known commodity, And we don't know what this roster is going to look like next year because those are also three guys who aren't. One guy who's graduating, and the other two aren't from here. Their coach just got fired. But I think Devin Royal can be a foundational piece for whoever ends up being the head coach long-term here.
1: Mm.
4: Steven, going to switch gears with you here and go to football with just a couple minutes left. Kind of going to ask two questions in one here. Uh, First, Ryan Day, I think maybe – from a national perspective, has a little bit more heat on him than you would expect considering his record. But losing to Michigan, uh, not getting that college football playoff success the way Ohio State's used to. What's the temperature of Ryan Day in Columbus right now? And in conjunction with that, how does Chip Kelly, as his new offensive coordinator, play into whether or not that seat cools down at all?
5: It's such a hard thing to gauge – Because he's fifty-six and eight, man. Yep. He's lost, (laughs) and he's lost three Big Ten games. They just happen to be to the wrong Big Ten team. Yep. It's it's so it. And then Ohio State's gotten on the playoff stage multiple times. Every time they've been competitive, they played Clemson in nineteen in a game where if Chris Olave doesn't break off the route, they're going to the national championship game. Mm -hmm. They reached the national championship game the next year. If their entire roster isn't basically sitting in an infirmary. By the end of the Georgia game, they probably win that game,
1: right? Mm-hmm. So
5: it's it's a hard thing to gauge. I don't I don't see a world where if Ohio State loses to Michigan a fourth straight time, he sees his job. He keeps his job, mm-hmm. and that's coming kind of from someone who's covered this team. For more than five years now but also I'm from Columbus so like I understand like I don't know you get fans it and boosters are just not going to put up with that right yeah. they're, we're, they're not going through the John Cooper era again now granted Michigan's not very good anymore because everything that made them good just left literally <laughs> everything yeah players coaches, coaches that everybody yep so it's weird but I think if he loses that game again I think next offseason is going to get interesting but at the same time, I don't feel the pressure, right? It's almost, it's pressure, but you don't necessarily feel it because whether it's Gene Smith, whether it's Ross York, the new athletic director, who will be up there starting in March, but he'll take over full time in July, they're all saying the right things about Ryan Day right now. Mm-hmm. But it almost comes down to, let's see what happens. In November, in Columbus, at the end of next week. Because they're going to make the playoff, right? We have a 12-team playoff world now. But let's see what happens in that game. Let's see what happens. But then, at the same time, what if they lose that game and still win a national championship? So, he's just hit the crossroads where it's unacceptable to lose that game four times in a row. Especially now that Michigan's probably not one of the five best programs in college football. But also how much weight should we give that game in a world where you can lose it but then still go do everything you want to do in a season.
4: Mm-hmm. Steven Meats from cleveland.com. Really good stuff, Steven. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Any thoughts, guys. That's the show for today.